Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Getting Some Color, episode 34. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Zach. And we did promise you some pay-per-views, and we did watch SummerSlam 2021. Uh, I have to be exact on that since we do watch old um, pay-per-views as well. And NXT TakeOver 36. And uh, usually we go into news, but we already talked about some of the news with CM Punk on Big Trouble World Podcast. He's back. He had a big ovation in Chicago. Had a good, loud Milwaukee last night. Um, I I just want to make a comment. I like that he's being used as a, an attraction, and he's not like feuding up with it. I mean, he is kind of feuding, but it's more of like a friendly match with Darby. Uh, maybe that will turn into something. Maybe we'll get a heel punk. Maybe we might get a heel Darby. I don't see why they would do that, though, uh, since both of them are over. But I'm glad that they're saving it for pay-per-view is what I'm going for. Yeah, that's good. But other than that, I think we should just get into it, right? <clears throat> yep, and we're going to start with SummerSlam because this shit was scheduled backwards this time. <laughs> Well, to be fair, the better matches were on TakeOver. Um, for for the most part, yeah. Did you watch... SummerSlam had some pretty decent matches on it, and a good match. Yeah, I mean, I will say SummerSlam is better than any Raw and maybe SmackDown that they put on every week, because obviously it's a pay-per-view, so you have to have the big, you know, matches and stuff. Yeah. But... It, it it just it NXT's better <laughs> to say the least, and they did something really terrible with the returning superstar. And I'm not talking Brock Lesnar. We'll, uh, get, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we'll, cro- we'll cross that bridge soon. Did you watch the pre-show? Because I didn't. No, and I saw it was like Biggie and fucking homeless Corbin or whatever. <laughs> which I, is like, I gotta say, like I kind of like. This is stupid. It's completely stupid. And WWE does this stupid, dumbass storyline all the time where, like, somebody has been wrestling for years and years, and it's like, suddenly they're poor. Mm -hmm. And you know people that work for WWE make a fuck ton of money. Even, like, low-card people on the main roster make decent money. I, look at Zack Ryder and making thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. He's fucking buying stupid, dumbass action figures. Yeah. Well, I, I do like the gimmick too, and he's actually like playing up the gimmick like all week on Twitter. Uh, Corbin's in like Vegas, and he's like, "I'm." He like won a couple of uh, gambles here and there, so he's like, "I, I'm feeling strong. I got a president suite," and then. Uh, you find out that the president's suite is not for him. He has to go to a motel. Uh, and he's his beard is all fucking raggedy and his clothes are just stained and stuff with the white shirt. So he's playing the part, and I, I, I got to admit, I do like it. Um, he's playing it to the hilt. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's doing his best work ever so far, just being this stupid, dumbass, homeless, I'm poor gimmick. And like the, I remember, I'm trying to think of the first time I remember that happening. 
in WWE. And I think it was with Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. When, like he was forced to be like JBL's fucking servant. Mm-hmm. Because it was like Shawn Michaels uh, lost all his money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you, do you really believe that? And then, and then it was Big Show, which is even more like almost even more unbelievable because Big Show is a WCW and he's part of that group that got like those big fat contracts. Mm-hmm. Like Big Show has no money. He's been a top level wrestler on t- television for like 20 years. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I know the result Biggie wins because you just they're just going to like fucking squash not squash him but make him look silly when he loses. Pretty so. much. He tried to like fucking run away with his briefcase in the middle of the match. The whole thing that happened was he lost a match on SmackDown. Baron Corbin did. And then he was in the back and he was all dejected and shit. And then he saw Biggie's fucking money in the bank briefcase and he stole it. <laughs> That's what uh, precipitated this match. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, during the match, he tried to, he just said, fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm tired of getting beat up. And he just tried to run away with the briefcase. And he fucking lost. Yep. He got the big ending and he, uh, he lost. But the first official match was for the Raw Tag Team Championship with AJ Styles and is it Omos or Omos? Omos versus RK Bro. Yeah. Now Matt Riddle and Randall. With his stupid facial hair that he has. Why do you hate his facial hair so much? It's so stupid. Just fucking. He looks like fucking Zorro. Just fucking. He's take... not stupid. He just has like a little goatee with a mustache. What's wrong with that? I don't like it. Either go Maybe... full, either go full beard, or don't be Zorro at all. Hmm. I didn't mind it. Whatever. It didn't bother me. Yeah. What do you think of this match? Um. This is. I'm going to start this uh, off and say that um, I did not write any really detailed notes about any of these matches. Part of the reason was because my brother was here when I was watching SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of NXT on some of those matches, uh, a couple in particular, like too much stuff was happening that I would have to have wrote about. So I just decided to not write about it. And third, I feel like most people anyway kind of like know how modern wrestling goes anyhow and it's to me it's not worth breaking down as much mm-hmm. into detail like what's happening because any more people don't really know or understand like what's happened before how it's different they'll watch wrestling from 20 30 40 years ago but what the fuck yeah <laughs> so um but yeah uh riddle and orton come out and Matt Riddle does his jump in the ring, kick the flip-flop things off, and a bunch of CGI birds fly out of his crotch. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> what is that? That's <laughs> the first time I've seen that. I don't know. What the... F- like, what is that supposed to be? Uh, I, I don't know. I, like... I... I... I don't, don't know. I, it had to be a Vince thing, right? Be like, what is it? Would be funny if birds just came flying out of his crotch. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he brought up the idea. I 
I don't know. Maybe I've never heard Matt Riddle say something that stupid. Mm. Um, but like something else, I, n- I noticed when I was watching this entire show. This is part of it. Is that they've gone like super overboard with like this weird fake ass CG shit in people's entrances. Mm-hmm. Some people's entrances, it's not really that bad, or it actually kind of enhances it. Like who the fuck was it? It was Bobby Lashley. When Bobby Lashley came out, mm-hmm. he did a bunch of CGI lightning, and it was like Almighty Bobby Lashley. It was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It doesn't look like this stupid fake horse shit. It just looks like lightning. Yeah. That's that's neat. They had like the snake for for when Randall came out. It was like a giant fake CGI snake, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> or like the giant statue of Roman. I was like, the fuck is that? It's stupid. Yeah. This match, you could tell AJ and Grandy were like the ring generals here because obviously Matt Riddle's still semi new and Omos is new. So very new. Yeah, so they were the ring generals. Um, I'm impressed with Omos. I think for a big guy, I think he's perfect for uh, what he's doing, especially with AJ. I think at some point, I don't know. I didn't watch Raw, so I don't know what happened between AJ and Omos, but I'm pretty sure if if WWE is going to always stick to its generic storylines... AJ is probably going to get pissed at Omos for losing, and there's going to be a match between AJ and Omos probably soon. Um, yeah, but I was impressed. Um, Randy still the best in the business when it comes to uh, wrestling. Like Jr. said, he's he's probably he's one of the best, uh, and he did he didn't have a boring headlock uh, match at all either he gets a lot of flack for that like everybody's like, bitch headlocks and it's like he's only ever done that like once in a while he doesn't do fucking shit really long chin locks and shit for heat spots all the fucking time especially when he's kind of like in this position where he's like a weird tweener baby face or something right now he's not going to do something like that yeah, the one he knows how he knows how to work yeah the one thing I want to point out, because I did write some notes, is that Omos throws Riddle into the fucking ring post. That was fucking crazy. Uh, and then fucking AJ Styles does like a a moonsault into an inverted DDT. That was fucking crazy, too. <laughs> yeah, he busts that move out once in a while. He did it to the floor, though. The, the fucking thing was when he did that move, yeah. Riddle sell. Oh my god, that was amazing! It's like when he fucking hit the the mat, he like sort of half-assedly sat up. Like it's like when you take like a really big hit and you're like kind of trying to sit up and you can't. Mm-hmm. He's got like this look on his face, like he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Like he doesn't know what happened. That, that that got me. That was pretty funny. Yeah, Riddle knows how to sell here and there. He it kind of does like the outlandish sells, but. uh it fits his gimmick. Yeah, it definitely fits his gimmick. So I'm not like really mad about that. It looks silly, but it's it is what it is. Um then style and then you know, Orton hitting him with the RKO. The RKO looked pretty fucking cool though. I don't know what camera angle they had, but it looked like it did like a a three six like almost a three sixty, and then all of a sudden you just see RKO out of nowhere. 
and he hit that one, two, three. Um, but I mean, I don't. I it was an okay match. I I wouldn't say it was amazing. It's a good start of a match. Um, because at, at some point it did ca- get chaotic, but not AEW chaotic. It, no, it broke. It broke down on the outside. There was some fighting a little bit, and then so the two guys that were legal got back in the ring and finished. Yeah, and we all knew. Well, at least I knew that RK Bro would win. Yeah, because they're, they're popular right now. Yeah, they're popular with the the crowd, and uh, <laughs> we all know where that's going to lead to. Because you know, Randy always loves to. You know, RKO his his teammate and do a, a bad blood series. So, at he some already RKO'd Matt Riddle though. Yeah, he did that, and apparently he got respect that Matt Riddle wanted to still be his friend after getting RKO'd. He was like, "Bro, I understand you wanted to RKO me, but I'm still your bro." Yeah, <laughs> some stupid shit like like this. Literally, this entire program, this gimmick, whatever you want to f- fucking call it, has been like dirt simple and like cheesy and stupid. But somehow Matt Riddle is able to make that work. And Orton is the straight guy in this where he's just like he doesn't react to any of his foolishness. And he just he always like Matt Riddle's acting like a total dork, pothead, pineapple express motherfucker. <laughs> and like Orton is just standing there like. And then, like, he does the fist bump, and he just looks at it for a minute, and he just goes. And they go, <laughs> they just do their shit. Yeah. So, I, I'm a little intrigued on where this RK bro is going to go. Because I always go, oh, maybe the tag team division is going to get a little better here now. But I've been oh, saying that for years. And no- this doesn't think tag teams uh, sell. Yeah. But uh, I gave this a match a 5.5 5 out of 10. I give it a, a 5.75, but really, like, I feel the same as you. It was just, there, it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't really a good match either. It was, it was okay. The, the thing was, is just the team was over. People like Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. So that, that's where a lot of the huzzah came from. Mm-hmm. It was just supposed to be a fun little opener. Let's get into the following match where I just didn't give a shit about at all from beginning to end because I don't care for Alexa Bliss. Let me rephrase it. I don't care for her gimmick anymore. I think she, I think she needs to get rid of that gimmick. I think she needs to go back to being a bully and bullying fat people like Nia Jax or even before that stuff, just being her, her, just be that short little angry bitch yes let's go back to being that she was so good at that yeah and she's facing against eva marie do drop is that her do drop they Do-drop. spell it weird yeah which by the way i forgot her other name i think her other name uh, is nxt Piper Niven. yeah and if i remember correctly i i think either the fans or even the officials like vince mcmahon we're just like she's fat, because she is fat, and I don't care if she's fat. I don't uh, care either. <laughs> but she can uh, work. <laughs> but apparently, she's fat enough to be Eva Marie's like sidekick, dumb sidekick. Well, 
with putting her with Eva Marie and the whole gimmick where she just uses her. Yeah. Honestly, that's perfect. Mm hmm. Because we all know Eva Marie can't really wrestle. Like, yes, she can perform the act of wrestling, mm-hmm. but she's never going to have, like, even anything that approaches an okay match. So you put her with Dewdrop, a.k.a. Piper Devin, who can work, and she can do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> so that's pretty much what's been going on. And then they did the stuff with Alexa Bliss, who stole Bray Wyatt's gimmick. And people chant, we want Wyatt and shit at her. And they need to get this gimmick off of her before it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth on Alexa Bliss, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And this fucking shit with the doll and everything is so cringy. This is all, this is cringy. I hate this. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't like it, and um, I feel like Alexa Bliss's character, even though she's Bray Wyatt's character, and let, let's be frank about this, even though it's her, she's doing it, I feel like she should speak up and be like, I don't want this anymore, I don't care if I don't get any TV time, but if she's being, you know greedy and want that tv time and that money i mean she's gonna always be villainized just like how you said it people are gonna get a bad taste in their mic uh, mouth um and always be chanting we want wyatt we want wyatt because she's gonna have that gimmick yeah they gotta be careful with that because some nowadays if something dumb happens or whatever and everybody's smart they're hip to what's going on Mm-hmm. They're they find an opportunity to dig in at you with some kind of chant that's always gonna be remind them of something, and therein remind them of something, uh, and, and they can take advantage of it in whatever way. CM Punk, they always chant CM Punk is shit that's boring or stupid, and they don't like it, and they're tired of it. Mm-hmm. That's just pretty much what that chant turned into. Uh. It, what? <laughs> this is like when people do those fucking pauses and promos, it just opens you up for what? Uh, but yeah, the, this stuff with the doll and shit's got to end. This, this is like, this is the kind of stuff that's like, if you try to get somebody into wrestling, it's like, watch this, watch that. It'd be cool. And then they see something like this. This mm-hmm. is gonna make everything really questionable, and they're gonna be like, "Are you, they're gonna be like, are you serious? What was this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very hokey. It's very like if I had to compare the doll. Now, keep in mind, I like Alice now, but it kind of reminds me of the head a little bit, right? Sort of, but the thing was, is with that, it was just the gimmick was Al Snow was crazy. And nobody ever heard head. Nobody head didn't do anything to anybody. Yeah, like it, it was just it was just a byproduct of Al Snow's crazy. Yeah, it, it was it it wasn't part like it was part of the match, but like when he was talking to it, you knew that he was crazy. Now you can kind of make a correlation that Alexa 
Bliss is crazy, but she's being possessed by whatever fiend thing. She has powers. Yeah. Al, Al Snow didn't have any powers. He was just insane. Yeah, so Eva Marie was like slapping the doll's name is Lily. Yeah. And it, even with this gimmick that Alexa Bliss has, this is going to sound really mean. I feel like it's very, very lazy of her move work where she just has to sit there, you know, be creepy, maybe get a few slaps in there and then do a twisted DDT and then win. Maybe. I mean, she tried to do her. uh, I don't think she's injured or anything because I think for a while people were thinking she had something up with her. Like she had it. I think it goes back to like when Ronda Rousey was still there and I think she had a match with her and she got concussed again. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of concern about that for a while. And I remember she was off TV for a while. She had her implants in her breast that she did that. And she was out for a little bit as well. I forgot all about that. Uh, I don't care about any of that shit. I'm not going to pull Dave Meltzer. And oh no, I don't care. People. Yeah. I don't who That's their fucking business. I don't care about that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I weird. Yeah, Dave Meltzer is a fucking weirdo. Um, but I, 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 I have to say this, man. I, I just didn't care. Nothing brought my attention. Um, if you remember a time when we used to say when women's matches were a piss break, this was literally a piss break. Uh, and I have to give this a three out of ten. Me too. Yeah. Because <laughs> there really wasn't much to this match at all, anyway. Like I could, I could tell you what happened is there was a bunch of posturing, and Eva was being a bitch, and then they did a little bit of spots. Somebody got pushed, and then she went over there and fucked with the doll, and it pissed her off. And she did moves, and then she went for the the moon salt thing and missed, and then somehow DDT'd her, and it was over. Like. So Alexa Bliss is literally a face in this feud. Yeah, she's a baby face. That's weird. That's that's the thing. Well, because she, she fucking stole Bray's gimmick. He was a baby face, even though he was like this weird, crazy guy who turned into a demon and shit. I don't know. <laughs> and corrected everybody's wrestling thing where he turned fucking uh, Seth Rollins back to heel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's piggybacking off of that and she, she's still, and she is popular and still over despite this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, if, yeah, like I said, if, if they don't catch on to this quick, that this is going to hurt her in the long run and she's just going to go with it either. Cause she's scared to speak up or she's afraid she's going to lose TV time. If she does speak up or something, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to hurt her. Yeah. But let's go into a good match. Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship. And I totally forgot that Sheamus was the United States Champion. I didn't know who was anymore. Like, I honestly forgot. And by the way, before that, that there was a little backstage interview with Horton and Riddle. And it was just them kind of doing... They were mugging. Riddle was mugging. Mm-hmm. And Orton was standing there just being like, whatever, man. <laughs> I think it's going to be like that. I think they're going to have, like, Randy's going to be Randy. 
Matt Riddle is going to be Matt Riddle being like, bro, we're champions, bro. And he's going to be on his little fucking scooter and shit. Talk about somebody having an easy time right now. Orton's having probably one of the easiest times in his career. Because mm-hmm. he just like, all he has to do is just stand there. And, and like, he doesn't even really have to cut promos anymore. He just mm-hmm. like reacts to whatever Matt Riddle's doing. Yep. And then he goes in there and he kind of had, he does his Randall match. You know, he, he does his stuff. And he's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he doesn't have to prove anything anymore. Randy no, he doesn't. At this point, he, he's at the stage of his career where he's like in Shawn, Shawn Michaels territory. I'm not saying Randy is as good as Shawn Michaels or anything like that. Mm. But you get to a point where you, you've accomplished so much that this is what Shawn said. He's like, he got more into the idea of just trying to make a match or try to make something work or tell some kind of story. Yeah. That's, that's where Randall's at. I still think it would have been great if like, uh, Randall was with the, uh, FTR. I I wish that lasted longer. That, that could have been something. They could have had, it could have been like the new legacy. <laughs> it would have been better than the legacy. Cause I'm no disrespect to those guys. Uh, Ted Jr. and Cody, but like at that time they were still really green. Mm-hmm. Whereas FTR, then the revival at that time, they were experienced, good wrestlers, and they could talk. They could both talk. Yep. So it, that could have been something. And they they got something good going on in AEW, but I'll digress on that since we're talking WWE. Um, they'll get their turn. What do you think of this match, Sheamus versus Damian Priest? Um, it was better than what I thought it was going to be. Because uh, in the past, uh, I've said and thought that I didn't think Sheamus was that good as a singles. Mm-hmm. Not that he was bad or anything necessarily. It's just that uh, he would kind of do like hit. Sheamus had the kind of match, the kind of stuff he would do. And a lot of how good that match was going to be would depend on who's standing across from him. He was one of those kind of guys, really. Yes. Uh, so if Sheamus was fighting the fucking Miz or whatever, it probably wasn't going to be all that good. But if Sheamus was doing something like fighting John Cena, maybe, or... Uh, Daniel Bryan or somebody like that, it would probably be pretty pretty solid. Uh, I think I think what I liked about this match is that a lot of cool moves were shown. Um, you had the Irish curse uh, uh, curse backbreaker that Sheamus usually does. Uh, he also did a modified camel clutch that like goes into a power bomb, but was countered by a fucking hurricane rana by a fucking priest. That shit was yeah. that shit was crazy, and I'm real impressed with Priest. I didn't really watch Priest that much in NXT, I uh, but like he he could be a heavyweight. He could be a he could probably be a world champ. Um, this is obviously usually when you get the United States Championship or the IC title, you're on your way, or you know you're kind of being booked in a way to get to that higher um, area of getting that title. 
but I was really impressed because he, one, he has the physique. He's very tall. He's very fit. And he's also fast and high flying as well. Um, not to be like any racist, but usually when you see a minority in a ring, it's usually they are high flyers most of the time, especially when they're, you know, high pace and fast him. It's like a combination. It's like, a um, a little bit of what Bobby Lashley is with like a Rey Mysterio and it's, it's crazy. Somewhat. He's got a unique style. Like he's got some power moves. He does some Lucha stuff. He's got a dive or two he'll, that he'll do, mm-hmm. but he also mixes in like a lot of kicks and like weird kick moves. You don't expect from a guy that size. It's kind of funny. Cause Imagine if, like, uh, Malachi Black or Aleister Black uh, was still with WWE. Imagine him versus... Uh, Reese. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, because yeah, their kicks are crazy. <laughs> so They could probably do some pretty cool shit together, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sheamus showed off a few other things in this match. Like, he's added some stuff to his repertoire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Seamus do anything. What was his face? Was his face broken or something? <laughs> he fucked and he he fucked his nose up or some shit. And they tried to say, "I thought this was hilarious." They're like that's a steel mask, and I'm like, "It's clearly not a steel mask. It's plastic. <laughs> it's fucking plastic or carbon fiber or whatever the fuck." <laughs> uh, Seamus did all, like he he kept up with Priest, and they they produced something solid here. I especially like that Sheamus was really healing it up. He he was actually trying to get heat. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he did, he did that. You know when he gets the guy over the rope, he's on the apron, and he does the thing where he punches him in the chest over and over. Yeah, the ten beats of the Bowdern or whatever it's called. He went to do that. And he did it like once, and then people were starting to count, and he's like, "No, no!" And he throws it back in the ring. He's like, "I'm not doing that." No, and it <laughs> pissed everybody off. I was like, "Yes." Get the heat. The, the heels need to do that in wrestling. They need to stop feeding into the crowd when you're a heel and, you know, asking yeah. asking people to count. Just You know, like, um, sometimes when you have high flyers that are heels, and, like, I think Pac did it where he was going to do the, the, the arrow, or whatever arrow, red arrow, black arrow, whatever the fuck it is now. Um, but he, he'd, like, go up there and, he, and he'd be like, Nah, no. I'm getting down. He'd go down there and do the rings of Saturn. He'd yeah. do fucking submission and win. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, so I want more of that. And I, I was happy that Sheamus did it. Um, I thought Priest got hurt maybe somewhat in this match because he did one of those uh, dives. He did like a senton thing to mm-hmm. the outside. And when he hit Sheamus, he kind of like landed on his tailbone or something. And uh, he's like, ooh, fuck. He was making those faces, and I wasn't sure if he was selling or not because he kind of slowed down after that too. <laughs> yeah, the, the match did slow down, and I had the same idea. I was like, "Is he okay?" Because sometimes you don't know anymore in wrestling. Um, no, and the thing is, is I think he had he was just dealing with coming off of a lingering back injury or something. It, so that's also got me kind of worried. <laughs> He shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, and that's the thing is like you're just talking about how this guy can do like some pretty impressive high flying stuff. Is like 
Does a guy that size really need to be doing shit like that? No. I don't think so. I mean, uh, once in a while he could throw, he did it at the right spot, I suppose. He did it for SummerSlam, but that's, I wouldn't be doing the flippy senton shit to the outside where you could lay it on your ass after you just got done getting over a back injury. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like maybe you could do something a little different. I keep on forgetting that Sheamus has uh, submission moves because he has the clover leaf. Um, and then in the middle of that, uh, he also has a uh, he called they called it a uh, a heel hook. Yeah, he went for a they called it a heel hook, but they fucked up. It was really something like a knee bar or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Those people can't fucking call moves anymore. I think I think it was the Raw team anyway. Um, yeah, they got some new guy on there. I don't know who he is. He sounds okay though. He doesn't. He doesn't make me want to like blow my brains out when I hear him. <laughs> uh, th- this is where Priest like tears off the mask and starts hitting him and shit. Yeah, and then Sheamus was like, "No," he was like selling. Like, no, he's doing the heel shit. Yeah, I love Priest's uh, finisher move, the reckoning. Fucking love it. Oh yeah, he's got a great finish too. Uh, I just I didn't get to see a lot of him because he came in like uh, right before the the C virus shit happened and they they shut everything down and they started wrestling in the mausoleums. Yeah, and I I didn't want to watch that shit when he was performing in the performance center with fucking nobody in it and stuff. Well, didn't he like team up with Bad Bunny and they they were having that like Miz and Jim Morrison thing. John Morrison. Yeah. He said Jim Morrison. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that's what, that's kind of where he got the gimmick, but whatever. Um, yeah. And then there was that thing where it's like, if this if this doesn't go over well, you're fired. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why are you telling them that? Jesus <laughs> Christ. But I was real impressed with this match. Um, I kind of went into this match going, oh, Seamus. And I was like, oh, Seamus, <laughs> and came out, and I gave this a 6.75 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10, because uh, I like Seamus being heel. Priest was over, and they worked surprisingly well together. I didn't know. I've always heard Davey Priest is pretty good, but I didn't know how he, good he would do with Seamus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Seamus will have a good match. He'll surprise you if he's got the right opponent some pretty decent stuff can happen with him. Yeah. Did, was there any promos after this? No, it just went to the next match. Which is another uh, tag team, SmackDown yeah. Tag Team Championship match. The Usos versus uh, the Mysterios. I don't know, man. Um... I like the USOs. I like that they're champions because they have to represent the head of the table, which is Roman Reigns as uh, as the champion. But I don't know. I just the Mysterios. It doesn't. I don't care for them. I like Ray Mysterio. I think he's good. I think he's old. Um, his son is okay. I just don't like the storyline with them. And I feel like 
it's building up and to be a son versus father match soon because there's been signs during like the smackdowns and stuff where Rey Mysterio gets a little mad at Dominic on things. And I think yeah. that and I think that's what it's going to lead to is a son a son versus father match. And I think the son might turn heel because you can't turn Rey Mysterio heel. That would be that would be a little weird. Yeah, you can't really do it to him. But uh, this match was okay. Is, yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. They they did all their their flippy moves. Uh, obviously, they're all high flyers. Um, I don't know if you were hearing me before, but like the USOs, I I like because they have to be the champions for the head of the table. Uh, and one of them is a drunk. So, <laughs> no, he's getting DUIs. Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're actually champions, but I guess they have to make Roman look strong and be champion. What do you think I'm of sure, this match? I'm sure he's got heat, but yeah. Uh, I thought this match was okay. Um, I like the Usos usually, mm-hmm. especially since they really kind of repackaged, changed themselves, and they started doing that Uso penitentiary shit and dressing up like Gangsters. fucking yeah like they came out of compton or some shit like that <laughs> kind of stuff i was like this is cool i like this yeah uh they need to go back to doing fucking promos and shit like that um i like when they face against new day in hell in the cell like out of yeah. out of every hell in the cell like that was a really good match i was yeah i remember that they always had good matches together mm-hmm. um Ray's Ray's Ray. He's older now, but like he can still do some stuff. He's fucking a legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dominic is uh, he's interesting because <laughs> like there was some blown spots in this match, and some of it was some of the stuff he was trying to do. Yeah, and I'm like wondering if they've really just thrust him into the deep end like way too quickly. Yeah. What is he? He's like fucking what? His early 20s or some shit. And he's only been training for like a year or two or whatever. And now he's all of a sudden he's on national TV. I think he should have went through the NXT ringer pretty much if they really wanted him in the main roster. Um, I understand Rey Mysterio is a veteran and maybe he told Vince that hey, he's my son, if if anything, I'll train him, I'll, you know, he'll be on my side for now, and then we'll build up to a father-son match that might be good for a pay-per-view, maybe a WrestleMania. Um, but I don't know. Dominic, when they were doing that storyline with uh, Seth Rollins, like, remember with the fake eyeball and shit? Uh, I was... I didn't care for that, and then when they did that weird, like, story angle where, like, Buddy Murphy was, like, banging uh, Dominic's sister or whatever, and it was just, like, I I, I get what they were trying to... And you know what's funny with the Mysterio, with Rey Mysterio? It's always, like, family shit in his storyline. Remember, like, when Eddie versus Rey, and it was for Dominic, like, custody? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, they had that weird angle, and then he's doing this weird angle where, you know, 
the the Monday night prayer people. I forgot what Seth Rollins' stupid shit Monday was. Monday Night Messiah. Yeah. Where Buddy Murphy was kind of on their side, but not really because he was still with Seth. And I just didn't care. And even those matches were not great at all, especially when they were getting very... Uh, uh, no disqualification. Like, you do that when you're not really good at wrestling, when there's a no DQ match most of the time, especially when there's somebody's new, um, or, you know, when they have a celebrity in there as well. Uh, I don't know. Like, Usos and Rey Mysterio definitely held this match together to make it an okay match. Yeah. But at at, at the end of the day... It's just going to be an average 5 out of 10 for me. I I gave it a 6. I think it was just mostly because of the Usos and Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Dominic tries hard, clearly, but he, he blew a couple spots. And uh, another thing about him is, like, I just don't get him, honestly. Like, as an overall package. Mm-hmm. It's like let's let's break this down. So you got Dominic with his father Ray, and he's like a whole foot taller than him. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make fun of Ray because he's short and shit. Because I'm I'm kind of short myself. It's it's not about that. Uh, it's like he like I said, he's a whole foot taller. He's kind of lanky, mm-hmm. and he he wears like this weird fucking shirt. Because clearly he has no physique. Otherwise, why would he be fucking wearing that? Yeah. Um. So my question is, he's so t- he's so much taller than his dad, bigger. Why is he trying to wrestle like him? Because I think he doesn't have an identity, and that's a big yeah. that's a big problem from him. So, what? Probably creative, and probably him himself, and maybe his dad is like. Oh, we could be like tag teams together. But then again, you could you could take him and give him another ring uh move set and not be like his dad, where he could be a bruiser because he's taller, or maybe he could just be agile and do submission moves. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't really think he's he can be a convincing brawler kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's just too he's too scrawny for it. Uh, yes. He'd have to be like a some kind of a striker, use some speed, use some. He can do some lucha stuff, just nothing real crazy. He doesn't need to be trying to do spots like his dad does or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just too tall. He's got too much of a frame for something like that. Uh, I, I don't know because I was just thinking about that. Watch this. I'm like, why has he got to try to wrestle like? the the super lucha style like ray when he's he's just not built for it i don't know i like i said i think it's a combination of probably creative and probably ray and his kid where they're just like he's my kid and he he's always wanted to be like me so let's do it and it's not working (laughs) And you know, don't get me wrong either. Like, how cool is that? That you you'd be able to like tag and work with your dad or something like that in mm. like in like a a situation like that. That's really cool. D- 
did Eric Watts ever get to work with Cowboy Bill Watts? No. Did Eric Watts ever wrestle like Cowboy Bill Watts? No. Because he's fucking he he wasn't his dad. He just wasn't the same size. He was a tall, lanky motherfucker. And he's just like and there's there's countless other examples of something like that. Like You know what I, you know what I would do with Dominic? I would have because I like I love being creative in my own way. Um, because I don't want to just see him out of nowhere and be like, I learned this new ability. I You have to make it into a storyline. So if I think, you know, they're going to have a father and son match, you would have somebody that's heel, like an older vet, be like, Dominic, let me show you some things. And Ray's like, why, why are you hanging out with that guy? Oh, he's just showing me some things. Yeah, but it's that guy. I don't know who that guy would be. I'm just saying. Oh, man. The- the name that came up immediately was Randall. Mm-hmm. That would be perfect. Cause think about all the matches they had together where he just fucking beat Ray's ass. He punted him multiple times. Oh my God. If you kicked him in the head, you know, the spot where he, like he kicks the guy in the head and he's fucking hospitalized. He's gone. Mm-hmm. That, that would, that would write people off TV for like months. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I thought of Randall immediately, but he's, he's preoccupied. That'd be perfect though. Yeah. But he, he would be like, let me go teach you a few things. And you would pretty much get that veterans move set. And then at some point, Ray would be like, I don't want you hanging out with him anymore. And like Ray would like go up to the veteran guy, the veteran heel and be like, stay away from my son or else and or else what? And then Ray and that guy would have a match and then obviously the son would have to choose who he wants to be with, and he would choose the veteran heel and beat up his dad. And that's when you get a match. At Seth, Seth could probably do something like that too, but they've already played that out. Um, yeah, they fucked it up. Um, I was also thinking about something like maybe he could he he, he does a few of Eddie's moves too. Mm-hmm. He he's trying to do the three amigos. He does a frog splash. He could do a frog splash. Fine, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could he could channel some of Eddie's heel mannerisms and shit. Uh, possibly, but like, you know what? Eddie was my dad, <laughs> asshole. And then like like they could just start the feud or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He's not saying like literally he was his father. He's like, I wish he was. <laughs> oh what the fuck whoa yeah yeah i don't know I, I i would do something like that to give him like an identity a little bit um where he could have a little bit of ray ray's move set a little bit and also this veteran heels and then he would make his own um but i don't know um if it still goes down this path i i don't see dominic lasting long might be in oh. catering with Titus. Mm. But uh, do we want to get into it now? No, because before that, there is a musical interlude with uh, Shinsuke King, oh, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura, and Eric Boogs, formerly known as Eric Bugenhagen. <laughs> what do you think of that gimmick, <laughs> by the way? It's stupid. <laughs> like, like, it's so ridiculous. It's so over the top silly, but like if you like that kind of humor, it could be funny. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I thought it was kind of funny, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, what? Shinsuke Nakamura has a guy who just plays guitar for him now. Yep. It's like that's retarded, but also awesome at the same time. And Pat Ma- <laughs> Matt, Pat McAfee always gets on his chair and dances. He gets up on the fucking announce desk and like that. Yeah, he's mm. and which that was kind of funny. The, this Eric Boogs guy, he was in NXT and he was called Eric Boogenhagen. And I still remember the match. He had like one match where he beat somebody. And it wasn't, like, particularly good or anything, but he was being, like, entertaining. He was zany, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really look that different now from what he did before. It's just he looked – he was in a rest, he was in wrestling gear. Because you look, you see this guy, clearly he's this big fucking jack dude. It's just he can play guitar. Yeah. Uh, he even had, like, the, the Freddie Mercury fucking mustache and shit that going like he does now. And he really plays. Yeah, that's really him playing. Yeah, so I was talented, but like after that, he had an, another match where some guy squashed the fuck out of him. Mm. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it is because it was somebody they were pushing, but I, I can't remember anymore. And that was like the last time I ever saw him until this, where he, they, they put him with Shinsuke and he's playing guitar. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Did they just not want him to try to be a wrestler anymore? And then, like, you want to go play guitar for Shinsuke Nakamura for, like, I don't know, a year? <laughs> well, sure, I guess. Elias is not there anymore to do... Well, he's there, but he... they're not using him. No, he burned his guitar. The The music has died. Um, uh-huh. Which, I'm glad, because if they can fucking move him... Like, don't get me wrong, that gimmick was weird. Like, but he made it work for him, and mm-hmm. he got it. He got over with it. It's just that I don't think that you, they could have ever pushed him seriously with that gimmick. Yeah, and if they're getting him away from that to try to push him as a more serious wrestler, hopefully they don't do something stupid like cut his fucking hair or some shit. <laughs> I'm so sick of guys getting fucking haircuts when they got good hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, or they shave themselves bald or some shit. I'm like, why? We already have so many bald, bearded motherfuckers in wrestling. Like, just stop. <laughs> it's like they're still trying to capture, like, that Stone Cold moment or type of whatever. Just like, like, we're going off on a tangent. But, like, if Elias could come back and be, like, just an awesome wrestler, maybe with some personality, because he's clearly got personality. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do goofy guitar shit anymore. I'm sure that was a very easy last couple years for him, though. Yeah. Still. But the Boggs guy, or whatever his name is. Boogs. Boogs. He's wear- he has, like, a ponytail kind of thing, and he's, like, wearing, like, this very colorful stuff. Uh, he's a very has- colorful person. Yeah. And uh, talking about somebody who has it easy, right? Shinsuke, all he does is dance. And does like a few moves, and he still has the IC title. I I forgot that that title exists. By the way, me too. Because it, like they changed the design of it, and then I don't remember how it happened. But like Apollo Cruz got it, mm-hmm. and boy, oh, you talk about fucking gimmicks! They put one on Apollo Cruz. You seen that shit that they have him doing lately? That when he's like a he has an accent now or whatever. He's from fucking 
Uganda. Now he's from Africa. And he's like an African prince or some shit. When he wasn't before. And they told everybody he's from Stone Mountain, Georgia. And he never... It's like a reverse Kofi Kingston. Like yeah. Kofi Kingston showed up and he was from Jamaica at first. Then uh-huh. all, one day he just sounded normal. It's like Lana, remember? She was Russian and then she doesn't have the Russian accent anymore. No, she's just Lana. Yeah. So it's like a it's a reverse Kofi or a reverse Lana. He he showed up and he was normal and then he's got an accent because he found his he found his roots in Africa. <laughs> He he felt the rain in Africa or whatever. However that song goes. Well, he felt the tidal wave of uh, uh, Shinsuke. So, and he has like a guy. He 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 has guys with spears, and he has like a general, this giant dude in a general outfit. And this feels like something from like the eighties or like the early nineties, like the stuff we're watching now. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck. But yeah, I to- I totally forgot. I mean, I remember seeing Shinsuke and I remember seeing Pat McAfee dancing. Was there anything that happened? No, that was it. It eh. was just something to cool them off from that fucking sizzler we just got done with. <laughs> I guess they had to like be uh get the crowd going, I guess, with some No. <laughs> if they want if they knew what was going to happen, like like I mean, they knew what was going to happen, but they didn't know how it was going to go down. Mm-hmm. What happened next? They should have had done this right after what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should get into it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I I, I am pissed, um, but I want to first put this out. So we've heard rumors that this match may or may not happen. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair because of possible COVID or possible injury stuff. Nobody really knows. But but on Friday on SmackDown, they didn't say anything. They just said, match is going to happen. So we went into Saturday thinking that this match is still going on. It was still kind of up in the air, but still kind of being advertised. They advertised it in the pre-show. That Sasha Banks is versus Bianca Belair. They did a video package of Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. When the Bianca Belair was in the ring with the title, then we got a announcement from the ring announcer that Sasha Banks won't be in this match. Instead, Carmella comes out. And... I was like, okay, if anything, I was thinking maybe Becky Lynch is going to knock her out, which still happened. Um, but, but, but it, it, to me, it's shitty how they advertised it. If anything, I would have done it maybe in the pre-show, be like, hey, Sasha Banks is not there. Carmel is going to be taking her spot. Yeah, that word would have helped. Like, no, like it's not even that. Like, because they still had the perfect setup for something here. Mm-hmm. It's just that they told. It's like I told you last night we were watching AEW. They got in their own fucking way and they ruined it. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, 
like Carmella just got off of feuding with Bianca Belair and she lost twice. So she has she has no momentum anymore. So it was kind of like when she came out, it was like, oh, okay. But it, like if they did what you said, so Carmella's gonna get it. It, it probably would have gotten more of a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, because people would have had time for their disappointment to settle and get back to a normal state. Yeah, because imagine people knowing in the in the show because they do show it on the Titantron, you know what's mm-hmm. what's going down. If they would have shown Carmella is going to be taking the place, people would be like, "Boo, boo!" So, and don't don't get me wrong, I like Carmella. I like the gimmick they they're doing with her right now. It's different, mm-hmm. and she's clearly she's worked out or done some shit. She's she's looking better than she used to. Her tits are bigger, apparently. I, I don't know if she did anything or not. If she did, fucking more power to her, whatever. Good for her. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, two things. Like I said before, she just came off of a feud losing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, she's not Sasha Banks. She's not as good as Sasha Banks. It's just how it is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just facts. And I know to match... Sasha Banks, you would have to bring a Becky Lynch to the table. Now, you could still have Becky Lynch be... and What we're building up is Becky Lynch comes back uh, and attacks Carmella and then she... is she by, by the way, she just tells hey, let's have a match in Bianca Belair, which I guess kind of agrees to. She kind of just yeah. sa- says yes and let's do it and the referee I guess sanctions it. But anyway... What they, she still could have went into the match, had a match, and then still win, right? Or even, or even lose. But how they did Bianca Belair was fucking terrible. Yeah, Yeah, there's so much to this that's still like weird, and there's like stuff that not everybody still fully understands about it, or they don't have answers. Mm -hmm. Like, um supposedly they were planning for Sasha to not be able to wrestle. Like they, they, they had already made the decision. She's not going to do it. And they still were advertising this fucking match and shit like this, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird. Um, and then there's reports going around that they're wanting to push Becky as a heel now. And this is supposed to facilitate that. And I think that's dumb on a whole other level. And I'm going to get to that in a second. Because she came out, and it, even before that, when she hasn't been there, and they've been going back to live crowds again, mm-hmm. people are chanting for her to come back. Yeah, but let's say they want her to be heel, right? They could have done that a different way as well. Have a match. Referee somehow either gets knocked out or distracted. Becky Lynch takes out a foreign object and hit Bianca Belair for the win and you, yeah. you could make screws her some somehow or something. Yeah. And she still gets to win and she still gets the title. And now she's healed because now it's like, Whoa, Becky Lynch is a bitch. She just, she had to cheat in order to win. No, or it, you could, or you could have her attack her after the match is over when she just loses. Yeah. Like she lost. And then she just, just viciously jumps her and fucks her up. And it's like, God damn shit. <laughs> yeah, because I trust me, I don't. 
I, I'm not arguing if she should have got the title or not, because either way, it would have been fine. But how they did this was fucking stupid, because not only are you making Becky look like a dumb heel, you're also, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people don't like the word bury, but you're kind of burying and squashing Bianca Belair in the process by... Having her, uh, which by the way, it's a new finisher move called the manhandle slam. Because oh, she's she's done that before. Oh, she has. Okay, she, she's beating people with it occasionally. That's yeah. the thing. It's kind of like a second stringer finisher for her. Mm-hmm. That's that was another thing that made it even more kind of like what? Because <laughs> she she beats people with that move occasionally, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, she she hit you with her like her she she attitude adjusted you one time and you lost yeah which is basically is what that was i don't know i don't know i'm i'm disappointed um because they booked themselves in a corner in my opinion now now they have to book it where she she has to do a promo where she's a legit heel because you can't just have her be a tweener because she just wants the title because Stone Cold wouldn't do that, in my opinion. Well, they kind of tried something. Like, I'm going to get to that now, actually. Mm. Unless you got something else to say about it. No, I'm, I'm pretty much done. I'm just... It's retarded. I agree. So, I want to say, like, when she came out, she pretty much blew the roof off. And it's like I was saying before, they've been che- che- chanting for her randomly on the shows when they've had people back mm-hmm. she's fucking over people missed her when she left and honestly i'd say she got lucky because in a way because it was like she was able to just oh well i guess i'm gonna have a kid now and every all the products really weird and in flux right now anyway so she was able to like kind of get away from all that stuff mm-hmm. go away for a while and come back refreshed and Everybody missed her because she went away. You can't you can't miss people in wrestling anymore because they don't, they don't go away unless they get fucking injured or something. Yeah. So <laughs> she was able to do that in a natural sense and come back. Um, and it was everything was pretty much perfect almost. Like her coming in there and fucking beating up Carmella, and them standing there and being like, "You want to do this?" Let's do it. And then everybody was like, yeah, this, this could be fucking awesome. This could be better than what we wanted at first. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it was just like, yeah. She's like, yeah, let's do it. Big baby face moment. Like, you know, somebody else comes out to fight you that you weren't ready for. And she's just like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then it's it's expectations people had an expectation that a really good match was about to happen that they didn't they didn't expect to happen yeah and maybe they should have just done that and had that fucking match and there probably would have been even more positive press for for this show yeah because they could have put on a good show either one of them could have won or they could have done the thing where they turn try to turn her heel or whatever it would have been way better than than this Mm -hmm. um she beats her in 27 seconds and this and it's like that was weird and this uh supposedly yeah there's this talk coming out like no this is supposed to be a start of a heel turn for her and i'm like are you guys i don't know if that's gonna work 
because the thing is, is she's been gone. People have missed her. She was stupid over before she left. And a lot of that's really going to hinge on her ability to, to make that work. <laughs> I also have another angle that, that they could have done, right? Let's yeah. let's turn the tables, right? Uh, she's coming back from popping out a baby. She hasn't been wrestling. And now I understand you could be training and stuff, but your your ring rust is... You're, you're going to be rusty when you come back. So what I would have done is I would have had Bianca Belair agree to the match and do it the other way around. Semi-squash Becky Lynch. And have... Bianca Belair win, come SmackDown. She has another match, but not. Uh, then again, this is WWE book, and they would just have the same match over again. Um, but I would have Becky have another match, and it wouldn't be a squash, but it would be another loss. And you would build those losses where Becky gets pissed off that she's losing, and she has to turn heel, where she's just sick and tired of this, and she starts attacking Bianca Belair. They don't do this like build anymore. Now it's just like, oh, she's back. Let's just turn her heel. No, and this going back to the Stone Cold thing mm-hmm. right now because this is what this is starting to remind me of. This is starting to remind me of when Austin came back from when he was injured, and he 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 was back there in the mix for a little while, and then all of a sudden WrestleMania 17, they wanted to turn him heel and have him be buddy with Vince McMahon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really work because nobody wanted to fucking boo Austin Mm -hmm. because he was too over. And I'm not saying Becky's like Austin or she's as over as him or anything like that, but it's similar. It's a similar situation. It's down that same road, kind of. Mm -hmm. She's sort of reminiscent of him in some kind of ways and how they got over and what happened and that kind of character that they are. Yeah. And it's like, so this person comes back that everybody really liked a lot and you're going to try to turn him heel. (laughs) You're getting in your own way and you, you had a better story. That's, that's the kind of story they're trying to tell with Austin. He came back and he was fucked up. His neck's fucked up. And you know what happened while he was gone? The Rock was hitting his stride. Triple H was really hitting his stride. Mm-hmm. These young guys have filled the void while he's been gone. And when he came back, he was some of the lower key part of the, the story of this <coughs> was he was worried. He didn't think he could beat The Rock because mm-hmm. he's he's more banged up. He's older. You know, I don't know if I can beat him. He's, he's really good. Mm-hmm. So he did what he felt like he had to do to make sure he could fucking beat him. And he went to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we have to see what SmackDown brings. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it, I guess, just to see what how the fuck they're going to try to spin this. Because the last time they tried to do this with her, it didn't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if they're going to do the... Hey guys, I'm back. I'm the champion, and like slowly build a heel thing, even though she kind of like capitalized on what happened on SummerSlam. Maybe it's not going to be a full heel; it's just going to be like, "I won, I'm back, yeah." 
And then like Bianca comes out and is like, I want an, I want my title back and you know, I want a match and she'll like slowly build up and be a heel where she's gonna be a complete bitch. But or I don't they could do something even dumber and <laughs> turn Bianca heel. <laughs> I can uh, almost see them doing that. Like what's the dumbest thing that WWE can do? And just uh, just do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's Bianca Belair and Sasha is like now friends with Bianca or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Um, oh, so weird. I, I really wanted to see this. I got, I got, I felt dejected when it was <laughs> over. And then the crowd also felt dejected because it killed them for a while. And there was reports from people in the crowd being like, yeah, that really took the wind out of the sails when that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't well, think they really came back until like Seth Rollins and Edge. Yeah, the next two matches are kind of bland. It, it, I mean, one, even though one was bland as fuck. Yeah. Uh, even after that crowd, they had the Olympic gold medalist uh, Tamara Machine Stock and Gable Stevenson are introduced to make their way to the ring mm-hmm. as the crowd applauses. That's cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Bring him in. I heard WWE is trying to hire them. Interesting. They're fielding offers. Like, come on, come over here and be wrestlers. And it's like, that's really interesting because I thought they wanted to get shy away from people like that. But then again, they have hired people like Chad Gable and Otis and shit, people that actually have amateur backgrounds again. Mm -hmm. Of course, you would never know Otis has a fucking amateur background like the way they were using them before up until right now. Trying to get in the pants of Mandy Rose. No, that's over. It's too late. That's over now. I know. <laughs> but next match, um, I told you, I just don't care for Drew McIntyre anymore. They fucking killed him. Mm-hmm. It was their fault. Again, getting in their own way. And I don't understand this because Drew McIntyre should be should be a Vince McMahon guy by every fucking account. Mm-hmm. He can talk. He, he's fucking huge. He's jacked. And he can work. And like, why? What the hell happened? What did he? All he did. All he did was everything they asked him to do. And it, it's like he got pushed down the card, and he's just he's fucking a guy now again. Mm-hmm. He's he's nobody. He's Mick Carter. He's feuding with Jinder Mahal right now. This is what this is the match. Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and is he trying to kill people with his sword because he like swings it around? Yeah, fuck them though. That was cool. I kind of wanted him to kill somebody with that sword. I mean, it's cool and everything, but like, <laughs> it's like it, it, this is the type of shit that WWE pisses me off about because it's just like. All this completely absurd shit. He yeah. has a sword and he's just like, yeah, there can only be one. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Highlander and all that stuff. And it just. I don't he's know. trying to engage a quickening. He's. It, it's, it seems like they're going back to, like, slowly going back to comedic Drew McIntyre. Even though he's kind of being in a serious way with his Scottish heritage. 
Well, they're doing the shit where they're making they're making him cut these goofy fucking story promos where he tells people stories. Like the Loch Ness monster. How, how his his sword is the tooth of the Loch Ness monster. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is this? 1985? What? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, honestly, he should start calling his Claymore the Quickening. His <laughs> the Quickening. He just fucking decapitates somebody with that fucking kick. Be sick. I'm telling you, missed opportunity. His kick is fucking amazing. The Claymore kick. It's a great finish. It really is. And like, this is what sucks about this is nobody cares about Jinder Mahal anymore. Mm-hmm. He had some heat. It was still weird. What happened with Jinder Mahal a couple years ago was weird. Because mm-hmm. it was just like they took a guy who was literally like a lower card or a job guy. And just pushed him main event out of nowhere. For the India stuff. For India stuff. And it was like, gender can talk, but he's not like a good talker. Mm -hmm. Like, he he can do, he can say the stuff that you tell him to do. And it won't come off like he's an idiot or he's fucking the lines up or anything. Because he didn't do any of that. Apparently he's a nice guy. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking, he seems like a really nice, awesome, down-to-earth guy, for real. Mm. And did you see, you remember back then where he was, like, fucking shredded? Yeah. And, like, I saw this training regimen shit he was doing where, like, he was, like, hanging from, like, some ropes and having a guy punch him in the fucking abdomen. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, like God, and he's talking about, like, this insane workout routine and his diet and shit. And I was, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, when he came back, I was, like, this has to be steroids, but then like I read up on all the shit he was doing, I was no. like, I was, I, I, I was like, good for good for him because if you looked at his body when he was in three MB compared to what his body is now, it's just like, holy fuck, dude! Like you look good, and he did get the body that Vince McMahon loves to be a main eventer, but the problem is, is that. His wrestling ability is not that great. <laughs> no, his 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 wrestling ability is not that good. Now he's not bad. He doesn't fuck up. He doesn't really make mistakes. It's just I like if I had to describe it charitably, it's like walk, watching a guy work in the eighties, like a really basic eighties WWF wrestler. He wrestles like and, Test. No, Test wrestled better than that. Really. You you need to see another test match. It's been too long. Uh, and I'm not like I'm a, I'm a huge test fan, and I'm advocating for tests. It's just I remember. Mm. <laughs> but like like I I was te- I've said this back when he was getting that push. I'm like if Jinder Mahal was like this right now and had this gimmick in like 1986 or 87, he'd fit right in. Mm-hmm. And nobody would question anything. And honestly, he probably would have become like a pretty big character if he could have time traveled backwards to that point and been who he was mm-hmm. like who knows, who knows the sky would have been the limit for him. Maybe iron cheek versus ginger Mahal, or they could be like a tag team. It could be the asshole foreigner tag team, the middle Easters, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's better than fucking Nikolai Volkov. Uh huh. I mean, <laughs> so, but like, uh, like now he came back and he cut his hair and he's fucking bald too, and I thought that was a stupid move. <laughs> <laughs> he's got help again, but not the Bollywood brothers. These guys are actually more imposing. Uh, 
they're they kind of remind me of like the guys from Temple of Doom. That's what they look like. The thuggy fucking people. I I do like the the Bollywood people because I remember that one time where Randy Orton like flipped the one guy and he like he, even Randy Orton was like ooh ooh yeah, he fucking did the suplex thing and he he like landed at that awkward angle and just fucking flipped and he was like ooh, walked away and I mean and, and they played it off like really good too after all that stuff. Because I think at one point, one of them actually did get hurt, and I don't think it was because of Randy Orton. I think it was because of other things. Yeah. They were kind of like J&J security. Just they, with... they were they were J&J security for Jinder Mahal. Yeah. And that, that's what I was going to say to cap it off was, you know what, though? Jinder Mahal got heat, and he played a heel. He, he, he wanted to be a heel. Mm. It, it did work, but that's over. And he's just a mid Carter again. Yeah. And as far as I know, he's never really he's never really come back and did anything major. And now Drew's down on that level with him fighting him. And they had this match and it was just it was fine. I would and, I would have put this in the pre show with uh Corbin and Biggie in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Because it wasn't that long either. It, maybe it was like almost 10 minutes. Not even 4 uh, minutes and 35 seconds. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I must have been thinking about the entrances too. Yeah, the entrances um, were pretty long. Yeah. What the hell is with like the way the stadium was set up? Where like they had this walkway and it snaked all the way around to like where the ring was instead of it being like a straight entrance. <laughs> I don't Weird. know. I don't know why they do that. I think it's probably because of seating re- reasons than anything. Um, Maybe I didn't think about that. And because I know they do that with a couple of, like, uh, I know they did that with one of the Royal Rumbles. Remember that long one with uh, Becky Lynch takes a spot for someone. I forgot. Well, yeah, <laughs> which is fucking funny too because she, her leg got messed up earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Like she got injured and she had to limp all the way out there mm-hmm. that whole distance and just be like, I want to take her spot. Okay. Then she limps in there from all the way over there. I think that's the one that edge came back. It was. Yeah. So, and that's the one where Brock Lesnar is dancing in the ring. <laughs> so. yeah, Brock, Brock Lesnar fucking threw everybody out of the ring and it was amazing. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that was a good yeah. Royal rumble. I need to watch that again. That was a good one. Um, this, like I said, this match was okay. It was middle of the road. Five out of I ten for me. Five out of ten. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't fuck up. Drew tried to fire the crowd up. He started doing that that thing where he belly to belly suplexes the guy and throws him like a sack of potatoes across the ring. He did that three or four times, and just nobody was reacting because of what happened. You know what I would have done to fire up the crowd. I would have told the ref, I'm going to get my sword and I'm just going to break the barrier or like one of the walls. Or, or like you chase him. Yeah. Like you grab, like you grab the sword to chase him and Jinder's running away. And then like he swings, mm-hmm. he hits something like that would have been cool. That probably could have gotten a reaction. Yeah. But it's just a normal average match, which I think should have been in the pro show because after the Becky thing and following up with this, you know what? You kind of can't follow up that disaster. 
we should have had Shinsuke and Boogs play guitar to help soften the blow. Yep. <laughs> but we have uh, a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Nikki yeah. A.S.H. Almost, almost super superhero versus Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Crikey. I don't know what to say about it. this match was I, I, I think all of them did a good job. Um yeah. Charlotte did great. Rhea did her especially. Yeah. Rhea did great and Nikki did great. I don't understand the finish at all. If Vince was and I understand that you have to have Charlotte who's a known superstar who is twelve time champion, by the way, which is ridiculous. She's going to be the the female Ric Flair, literally. Mm Mm-hmm. But Vince loves Nikki and her gimmick. Did he just want to have, like, a fun time and be like, let her cash in and, you know, let her win. It would be great. Just for her to drop it at SummerSlam? Maybe. Maybe it was just a short-term thing. He just wanted to see what would happen. And uh, I did start hearing that she was getting booze at live shows, though. Oh, yeah, I told you that. So... Yeah, I heard that from you, and I heard that from somebody else, and I was just like, oh, well, maybe it's not working like how we thought it would. So maybe that was a, a correction. Uh, I still think it would have been hilarious, like, Becky, like, dyed her hair, like, black or whatever, wear a wig or something, and, like, she takes off the mask, and it's Becky. Well... It would be hard to do, but you would have that, to have different camera <laughs> angles where it's not showing her. That'd be very hard to do because they have very different builds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this match was uh, was pretty good. Um, I feel like you know all three of them are good wrestlers. Uh, Charlotte and Rhea, especially. Mm-hmm. Nikki just feels really out of place in this this triple threat. That might have been the point, though. Yeah, because it's like these two. There's these two Amazon women. One of them came out of like a Mad Max film. The other is like this fucking thoroughbred. I'm the daughter of like one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived person. Mm -hmm. And then you have Nikki who's like five foot three. (laughs) And just, you know, that's she's short and she doesn't look like them. Yeah, um, and you could definitely tell in this match because there's a point where like Flair scoop slams fucking Nikki on top of Rhea Ripley, like she's she's used for like literally just as a weapon. Used as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, like everybody did their job great. I mean, like Charlotte and Rhea are good, and Nikki did her thing where she would interject and hit some moves and take over, do some cross bodies, some good underdog baby face stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Charlotte just really did kind of like, she just shined in this more than the others did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was probably to help get her over to have another title reign for some reason. I don't know what the end game of this title reign is going to be. I think Rhea is going to win again at some point. I think it's going to be a feud between, uh, because Becky's not there, so you can't have Charlotte versus Becky, which I thought that's what they were going to go towards. But yeah. 
but it looks like it's going to be Rhea chasing for the title. And maybe we'll get... Because didn't they not... Because they did a takeover, right? Where it was her versus Charlotte in NXT, correct? And Charlotte won? Because I, uh, I know I, I don't remember that. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, this is when Charlotte, where everybody was booing, they're still booing her. Um, well, now they're supposed to because she's being heel. Yeah, um, <laughs> but she was getting booed to the point where it's like we're tired of her. It's kind of like the Brock Lesnar of always winning a title and shit. So they use uh, Charlotte went to NXT and challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship, and I think. Charlotte won, but I don't... That's right. Yeah, you're right. Now I remember. Yeah, so I think we never got, like, an actual WrestleMania because it was a takeover. Um, So it would be great to have a WrestleMania with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte for the title. No, they, they had a match at WrestleMania, but I think Rhea lost. Oh, yeah. God damn and it. That, and I was like, what the fuck? Because it's like they called her up, and it's like... Again, like the, this, this chick is like somebody that you would really want to push in your women's division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was getting ready to say, if the direction is to just do them in singles again for for longer, I'd rather see that. Yeah, I'd rather see that because I, I I've wanted to for a while. Um, I don't really have much else to say about this. I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten as well. It was it was a nice match, but uh, we have a good match coming up next. Yes, Edge versus Seth Rollins. So if you remember, Seth Rollins screwed Edge out of the championship match between Roman mm-hmm. and um, Edge did a promo on Seth Rollins where he had the brood music and uh, he said the freaks are going to come out and I was like oh man are they going to get Gangrel to come because you can't get Christian because he's now an AEW guy so it would be interesting if Gangrel there nope Edge came out by himself with the brood music it was cool and then he uh, went down like halfway and then he used you think you know me and uh, I can see clearly I, I would have had brewed the whole way, in my opinion. I think it would have been fine. Yeah, I would have, I would have preferred that, but I was it was okay what they did. It was still cool. It was still cool that they've bothered to do something like that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because they're actually we said there all there was no news, but there was a little tidbit about this that came out today, I think. Uh, and it was that Gangrel was in talks with AEW to just show up and do like brood like shit. Mm-hmm. And because of what Edge just did, it kind of like sort of squirted all the toothpaste out of the tube, so to speak. And they don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and uh, although he said some stuff that was highly suspect, Gangrel and David Heath about it, he was like, uh, He's like, yeah, man, they were going to get the music and everything. I'm like, I don't think they can. I think WWE owns that music. You'd mm-hmm. have to fucking buy it off of them, and they're not going to sell it to, to him mm-hmm. unless they believe the conspiracy theory that Vincent Man actually owns AEW, that who, who the hell proposed that? 
Vince Russo. Vince Russo and somebody else did too. Disco Inferno. I was like, Are you... okay, never mind. I mean, Disco Inferno is the guy that wanted to do the Martian invasion. No, uh, in TNA. Vince Russo <laughs> brought up the idea to Disco, and Disco's like, no, I'm not believing that. But then he like, okay. then he then he came up with that Martian thing, and I was like, shut up, Disco. Which. <laughs> Which I will say, I do love Conan's and fucking Disco's uh, podcast because Conan just fucking uh, side tangent. Uh, Conan just goes, "Yeah, man, it's fucking stupid." With it. like he does both sides, like what AEW does stupid and what WWE does stupid. He points it out and shit. So um, I recommend that show because Disco, <laughs> with his uh, mid card uh, knowledge. He he chimes in at some things and he's and Conan would be like, yo, that's fucking dumb. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, apparently Edge kind of stole the thunder with his uh, um, his little brood tribute Mm -hmm. and maybe accidentally took a payday away from Gangrel. He's not pissed about it, I guess. They they talked about it. Edge said, "Sorry, man, I I didn't know this was happening. We were planning this for months ago." (laughs) So. Do you think now tinfoil hat on? Not saying Edge did it, but do you think maybe Vincent Company caught wind of this that Gangrel might be doing something brood like, not having the music, but maybe having the you know the look at least? Do you think they're like you know it'd be pretty funny if we do it before them? No, no, I don't think so. Gangrel is so far out of their. Their their radar. I don't even think they even thought about that. Okay. Um. But anyways, the the entrance was great. That was fucking cool, especially if you grew up and watched that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was he Edge came up out of the stage with the fire and the music was playing, and he had the fucking sunglasses, and his trench coat was cool. It said like "Drink the blood," and it had fucking awesome shit on it. I, I got really pumped by that entrance alone. I was like, yes, the and, shit. <laughs> and he's jacked up too. Like Edge back then was more skinnier. Uh he was in pretty good shape, but like he's he's more he's even more in shape than when he was in his prime somehow. hmm And that's that was another funny thing. This is kind of like going back to or not really going back, skipping ahead somewhat. But um when we were watching me and my brother were watching Roman and Cena. And we saw, like, the whole match, Cena had to struggle massively against Roman, which is funny. It's funny on so many levels. Mm-hmm. But I think my brother said, like, man, it's like, all they, it's like all they're trying to do is just bring back these old people to fight Roman to give him credibility because then Brock shows up at the end, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like Cena struggled really hard. It was like, yeah, Edge almost beat him. <laughs> like everything's backwards it's like remember when like it, it was hard for edge to beat cena and it's like edge comes back he's in the best shape of his entire life and he could he almost beat a guy in his prime yeah <laughs> so it's just like damn and it's it and i think we talked about this on facebook is like edge had to like kind of reinvent himself a little bit it, it's it's weird what he did as far as his moveset and and how he wrestles like 
every time when I think of Edge, I always think of he's either doing a high flying move or he'll do something insane where he's always spearing people. And in this Edge, he he had psychology. Like he was fucking up Seth Rollins to the point of you know just pounding him. And that and that was kind of weird to see a little bit. Well, yeah, we talked about that a little bit, and I was gonna say that um, the thing about Edge is and his ring style actually is it's, it's changed a lot over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when he first showed up in WWF, and he was just like the angry guy that hanged out in the subways and screamed at people and mm. beat people, pe- and he beat homeless people up. It was <laughs> he. <laughs> He was pretty much just trying to do everything he could to get, I mean, because at that point in time, he was like, what, 25, 26 years old? And he's like, I'm in the WWF, fuck yes, this is where I always wanted to be. So he's like trying to do everything he can to like get noticed and get over. Yeah. So he's doing like missile drop kicks and spinning wheel kicks. And yeah, those were big moves back in like 1998. (laughs) And uh, just being fast and all kinds of stuff. And then he got in the tag team mix and everybody knows all about that shit where they were doing crazy stuff, taking huge bumps and mm-hmm. all that fl- jumping off really high places, which probably fucked him up to lead him to his first retirement. It did. Yeah. That's the wear and tear from taking all those crazy bumps is like what caused his neck, his initial neck injury to happen. Mm-hmm just wearing down over time like that. And it was actually a really simple thing that caused it. I think it was when he had, remember when he was having like the, that he had like a TLC match with Eddie or whatever on SmackDown. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when Eddie, all he did was like, he did like an elbow or like a forearm to his face. And Edge was just supposed to fall back on the ladder. Yeah. Fell back on the ladder. And he said, when he fell back on that ladder, he heard a crack. Oh man! <laughs> like a crack, like, and he was like, "Oh, that might not be good." <laughs> he finished the match, and he, I think he wrestled for like a month or two after that. But like, he was losing all the strength in his arm, and it was atrophying. Oh god! So it was like, yeah, his arm was shrinking. So yeah, he still kind of wrestled that style up to that point. Went away, came back. Uh. And he sort of toned it down a little bit. He was still doing a lot of the edge stuff before. Sometimes he'd still throw out the missile drop kick, the wheel kick. But then when he got into like the rated R shit and he was becoming more like a main event heel. Banging Lita in the ring. He toned his down he toned his style down more. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more for psychology reasons. Because I remember hearing him say this in an interview or something uh, where he was talking about how he's like, listen, if you're a heel, you don't need to be doing like missile drop kicks and fucking cross bodies and stuff because that gets people hyped up and excited. You need to like not do anything impressive on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like he was thinking deeply about this stuff. Like, he's like, that's why, like, I just punch people and kick people and put them in headlocks and be cheap because it pisses people off. <laughs> and he, I was like, dude, he's right. He's 100% right. <laughs> but uh, he's always had that reputation as a guy that thinks, like, really deeply about the psychology of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was on display here because it made you think about it. And you're like, 
man, he's like different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like more. He comes off more kind of unhinged. Like he just he wants to fuck Seth up bad, and you believe it. And it came across in this match. Mm-hmm. And I like how Edge defeated Seth Rollins because it wasn't because of a, of a, of a spear. It wasn't because of an educationer. Uh, or an educator. Or an educator. Um, or an edumatic. Or an edumatic. Remember when all that shit was just based off of his name? Jesus. I kind of wish he would have done a downward sp- spiral like once. Mm-hmm. That was his old finisher from back then. I was like, oh, just throw out a downward spiral just once. He can kick out of it. It's fine. Just do it. <laughs> but he, he locked into some type of modified sleeper hold. Whatever well, that... He's doing a cross face, which he's sort of been getting over as like a potential another finish he can do lately. Mm-hmm. Where he was doing the shit where he'd like break the the leg off of the chair and choke Roman with it with the cross face, which is like brutal as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't he didn't have to do that this time, but he put he put him in a cross face and Seth was like getting out and he was doing his Sethisms, his ah, ah, ah. <laughs> he's always gotta like make his Seth noises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they let him do the laugh again. The, the the laugh that got him heat. Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 What the hell is with this, the 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 clothes that he wears now though? Something about like the drip. He's wearing the drip. Seth Rollins drip is what they say. I'm like, is that drip? He's wearing like suits with butterflies all over him. <laughs> what what is this? I have no idea. I guess it's old heel stuff. It's kind of like Don Callis who comes out in an all pink suit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, you lock the cross face in, and it's skipping over a lot of other stuff that happens in the match. Mm-hmm. Then Seth is getting out, and then like as he's getting out, Edge is like, "No, you son of a bitch!" He just starts punching him in the head, mm. and he just. He locks a real deep, like, choke. It's kind of like he puts him almost in, like, an S, sort of a weird STF, but he doesn't have the leg. He's more like a cross-face choke. <laughs> cross-face sleeper. Yeah. And he just, he cranks that son of a bitch, and he's got this face. His face is just like, I want you to fucking die. And, like, he did, pretty much. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, all the education and educator and stuff did happen, but it didn't put fucking Seth Rollins away. But what I what I like about that is that it still made Seth Rollins look bad, even though he, you know, lost to a modified sleeper hold or whatever he was doing with the crossface. Oh, you mean he he came out of it not looking like weak and shit? Mm-hmm. Because. Yeah. There were some cool moments where um, Edge tried to do a spear, but it was countered by a fucking pedigree, which I think it was sick sick counter. It was sick, but like to me, it's still silly a little bit because I'm like, all he just did was like put open his legs and just like drop him to the ground, which is cool. But it's easy that that works. He's mm. bringing his whole body weight down on his head. Mm -hmm. Um, there was uh. The glam slam that was there. Um, that was cool. I didn't expect it. was like, glam slam! And he, he was going to go for an unprettier, but he didn't... Kill switch, it's always going to be unprettier for me. Uh, and he, he didn't hit it, though. He got out of it. And then Seth did a frog splash. 
He always well, he's he throws that out there once in a while, yeah. Yeah, because of the Eddie moves. Uh, I believe there was a Falcon Arrow. I have a Falcon Arrow on here. Yeah, he did a he does that superplex into the Falcon Arrow thing, which by the way, like that move is impressive, but it's also stupid. <laughs> uh, because it's like I have like this tick about people that do superplexes now. Nobody, nobody does a superplex correctly anymore. Mm-hmm. They all, you know, I'm, as soon as I say it, you're you're gonna, you're never gonna not be able to think about it ever again, the same way. Everybody nowadays does a superplex where they float. Oh, the the guy who gets superplexed floats over and pins the guy. Yeah, and it's like you just took a humongous top rope move and you're able to float over and pin him, and then they just get up and they continue fighting. Yeah. It's like that's fucking stupid. Back, back then, <laughs> suplexes used to put people away. Oh, like a superplex could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it, it would stop the match dead in its tracks while those guys lay there for like a while and just sell. Mm-hmm. It's like they they came out of a car accident or something. But Seth took takes it to another level where he does a superplex, gets up, and does a Falcon Arrow. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, it's like that that not hurt you, and then it's like. You just did two moves, and that guy kicks out. Maybe you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your damage stat is low. You need to work on that or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, other than that, I really enjoyed this match. I mean, do you have anything else to say before I give my review on that one? Um, uh, it was good. Seth was good. I feel like this has probably done more good for him than anything he's done in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like he has potential to probably use this as a springboard to kind of get back into a, a good solid position again. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got him off that Monday night Messiah horse shit. They got him away from being like a terrible fucking baby face mm-hmm. and not probably not necessarily through any fault of his own. Uh, especially like because but WWE can't push a, a baby face anymore. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to make a good baby face. If somebody's a good baby face, it's incidental. It happens by accident. Mm-hmm. Like, like Becky Lynch becomes a baby face because they they wanted to push her heel, but nobody wanted to fucking boo her. I wonder, uh, I wonder if they're making her heel because Seth is real and uh, not real a uh, heel, and they because they're Twitter people, um, and they know that they're together that they need to be heels together. I hope not. I hope they don't because that that's part of what's hurt Seth to begin with. Is what they they wanted to put them together on TV, mm-hmm. and neither of them wanted to do it. They're like, no, don't make us do this. And then somehow Vince convinced them, and they're like, okay. And the only thing that happened out of that was it made Seth look like a dweeb. Yep. <laughs> but but um, both guys are great. Uh, there's a lot of great selling and psychology in this match. Uh, the selling especially. They sold fucking moves. Mm-hmm. Except for when Seth does a superplex into a falcon arrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I love the finish. Um, the aftermath where like Seth's laying out there. Like the, that was a great shot where he's like laying out there. He's on the mat. He's up against the apron. He's like, Oh fuck. 
I lost. He looks like super fucking disappointed and depressed. <laughs> and Edge is just in there like, fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I still got it. I'm like 47, 48 years old. And I still whip ass. <laughs> yeah, Edge should only be used here and there, um, if anything. Sparingly. Yeah. yeah. I gave this an 8 out of 10. I liked it. I gave it 8.25 out of 10. Nice. All right, let's get this one out of the way because this match, it was a match. Um, (laughs) It was something. (laughs) It was something. It's for the WWE Championship match. Uh, It's Bobby Lashley versus, oh, with MVP versus Goldberg. And uh, they had the entrance. We already talked about Lashley's entrance with the the lightning. And then Goldberg still does the escort thing, which I think is stupid. Because yeah, like what the hell? <laughs> because in WCW, it was better because he was like a nut. He would like come in, he'd fucking spear you and jackhammer you, and, and in and out. And there was police escort, and that looked fucking, you know. Back then, I was kind of a Goldberg mark in the beginning. Um, Until he kicked Bret Hart, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, you know, it was it was pretty cool to see him with cops and shit. But why didn't he have his sparklers? I don't know. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Was like like. He came out and there was like no his sparks. I call it sparklers just because of Gilbert. <laughs> but uh, I was like, man, what the fuck? He doesn't have his sparks. This is a bullshit entrance. And he did like the his thing where he did the punch, punch, elbow, kick. But there was like no pyro. Mm-hmm. Like, this 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 entrance is flat. <laughs> but they get into the ring, right? And you're just like, all right, these guys are two huge, fit, muscled guys. Have, have one's older, obviously, than the other. But like, this is, you know, I could see this match being okay. Dude, it was weird watching them in the ring together. Like, yeah, just standing there apart from each other. Like I was like, what the hell is? It? It's like I, I look at my brother. I'm like, dude, like this is just. Goldberg versus Black Goldberg. Yeah. That's what this... Because they look... this They're the same build. I think Lashley's just slightly taller than Goldberg. If Goldberg was younger, they'd probably be the same height. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, same build, same, like, stance, same look, roughly, and some... They even do some, some, some of the same moves. Yeah, because... They start doing like this shoulder tackle stuff that like Goldberg was like overpowering him. Be like, oh my god, Goldberg is actually knocking down Bobby Lashley. I mean, yeah, he's a big guy. He's st- he's just a big old guy now. Yeah. <laughs> and then Goldberg tries to do the jackhammer, and then this is where we get this weird, like MVP swipes his cane that you can totally see that misses Goldberg, and Goldberg. I didn't catch that. Yeah, Goldberg uh, has to sell it, but he hesitates. So, like, he starts walking, and then he looks at MVP. I think MVP said, I hit you. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, he that that's why his knee was, like, he fucked up throughout the whole match. 
Um, oh wait, I did see that. No, yeah, I was just I was imagining it another way. Yeah, we hit him in the leg, and he just like didn't it didn't register. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Oh yeah, I got hit," and then he sold it like a full two seconds later. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh man," <laughs> but this match was weird because I guess Goldberg knee was so fucked up that the referee decided we need to stop this match. Yeah, well, the thing, MVP hit him with the cane, and then Bobby Lashley started working his knee. Mm -hmm. He started kicking him, tripping him, doing shoulder block. He shoulder blocked the shit out of him, or or, um, chop blocking, I mean to say. Sorry. Mm -hmm. He did like a full run, like he did like a lap. And just ran at him full speed and like tackled his knee. And I was like, God, that looked good. Um, and then he then he picked him up on in like a fireman's carry outside and just would run into the post with his leg, which was like kind of cool. I've admittedly never seen anybody do that before. Yeah, and it, it the sound of it looked fucking crazy too. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't really hurt that much at all because like that stuff's just LED boards. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like they're hitting the post anymore. It's just it probably just sounds good because they're that stuff's just rattling or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked great. It sounded great. And then Goldberg was selling. I'm like, this is this is interesting position for Goldberg to be in. Yeah, just like he never does it. <laughs> no, it, like he doesn't really. If he gets hit, he does like which is that's fine. I'm not criticizing Goldberg for not selling because that's not his his thing. Mm-hmm. Is like he when Goldberg gets hit, he goes ah, ah he, he shakes it off or he stumbles a little bit, and then he gets right back to doing Goldberg stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like when Lesnar sells. It's it's a similar thing. When Brock Lesnar gets hit, he gets rocked. He starts like running, and like he'll run across the ring and try to get his bearings and stuff and shake his head. Yeah, but the referee stops the match, and it looks like. Lashley grabs his steel chair and repeatedly attacks Goldberg's knee. Yeah. And then his son, and this is where I made the prediction to you that his son is going to come and try to help. I thought it was going to happen in the middle of the match, but it happened at the end of the match. Gabe Goldberg charges into the ring, um, jumps on Lashley's back and try to like choke him. But then Lashley does the hurt lock on him, smashes him. MVP looks uh, scared and worried, and he grabs the mic right away and says, there's no way Lashley could have known that it was your son that was attacking him from behind. Yeah, Bobby Lashley just thought it was some Mark who charged the ring. Mm-hmm. He's like, get He just puts him in that fold. Also, to just ragdoll him. It was great. And his son sold it well, too. He did. Looked like he died. Yes. <laughs> and I was right. I was like, Goldberg is going to, like, semi-look worrying and like about to cry and it looked like he was and that's how and he goes i'm gonna kill you oh dude i i laughed so hard dude that was great like honestly that was great mm-hmm. it, it, I, I laughed too just but mostly just because like when do you hear anybody at wwe say i'm going to kill you mm-hmm. you don't hear that <laughs> so i'm kind of interested to see what goldberg is going to do because if you do, I'm going to kill you, and then don't do anything after that, I'm going to be a little upset. He could, like, 
Well, this raises a question. Do you want to see Goldberg beat Bobby Lashley now? No. No. But it's going to but it's going to happen. Oh, I hope not. Now, I think you can still do it where they could have like a competitive match, but Goldberg just gets beat because he's old. And it's like Bobby's not like a whole lot younger than him. Like I think he's in his uh, maybe about to approach his mid 40s. But still, it's like he's still 10-ish give or take a few more years behind him. Plus, we all know black don't crack. <laughs> so, like, he's, he doesn't even look his age. Yeah. <laughs> I have a prediction, kind of. If they're going to go with this angle of him wanting to kill Bobby Lasher, right? Yeah. Goldberg likes to ride motorcycles. Um, so in the p- parking lot or maybe on the outside of their arena, MVP and Bobby Lashley are just like walking and stuff. And Goldberg has a chain, starts swinging it while he's driving his motorcycle. And he tries to hit Lashley, but hits MVP. <laughs> Knocks him out. Oh, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I just have this weird Some like road rash. Yeah, like road ra- rash kind of stuff going on. So that would also, if that happened, like you'd be two and zero at this point. Mm-hmm. Watch him do something similar, like take a car and run him over or whatever. Yeah, a truck or some shit. Yeah. So what do you what do you score this? Um, it wasn't match. It's just that it ended with like a referee stoppage. For what they told. I would give it a 5.1 out of 10 because it was okay, but like this could lead to something. I just hope it doesn't lead to Goldberg getting the strap. That's the only thing. I am going to modify my score slightly. It's going to be a 5.25 out of 10. Okay. Uh, It was just a little higher, but I lowered it. And that's just because, like, they had the beginnings of a match, and it sort it didn't de-evolve; it changed. There mm. was a it changed into an angle, <laughs> like it went and it shifted into angle mode where they started like fucking Goldberg up and couldn't continue. And they did stuff for the son where he murdered him, mm-hmm. and then Goldberg said he was going to murder him back. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it was like, it's like, okay, this, this is interesting actually. Cause there's like, I don't know how, I, I know you say you hate Goldberg or whatever the hell, but you're giving him credit here, at least talking about him. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I'm always going to hate Goldberg, but at least he, <laughs> at least he sold, um, a cane to his knee, uh, all the way, but yeah. And, and at least. He didn't win. He didn't like come in and be like, I'm going to beat you in a quick match, kind of like what he did to Bray Wyatt. It could still happen. I hope it doesn't. But uh, yeah, like there is uh, Goldberg fatigue with a contingent of the audience. Mm-hmm. They just, when they hear Goldberg's come back, they're like, God damn it. I hate Goldberg. Fuck. But and- he sells for people, I guess. That's the thing that they don't understand is, or they don't, they don't care to understand is 
apparently when Goldberg does come back and do something, it really ticks up the metrics. So there's the only problem I have with vets coming in and getting the strap is like when they get the strap, it doesn't feel and keep in mind, we're all smarts and stuff. So, like, we know, like, when a veteran like The Rock or John Cena now or any other person that gets the strap, it's going to be a quick temporary for, like, maybe the most a year or you won't yeah. won't see the title that much. So when Goldberg gets it, he gets it because I want to impress my son because I want him to see I'm the champion and all that stuff. That's lame, in my opinion. I Who cares? I I, I know you care about your son, Goldberg, but... The universe doesn't care about your son. And so, like, when he's doing storylines that way, I just don't care. I mean, if they put... It seems like they're putting some storyline here with Bobby Lashley. And I'm interested in see what where it will go, but I hope it doesn't lead to next match. He comes in, he spears fucking Bobby Lashley and wins. That that's yeah. That's when I get pissed. The only way that that you, that could work is if Bobby Lashley comes back the next pay per view and just annihilates him. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way something like that could work because I feel like if they do it again, like people will get tired of it actually because they're like he did well he did it again. <laughs> like normies will just they won't actively get pissed at it. I think they'll just get bored. Now. But, uh, if I wanted to get some heat with the crowd, and especially with Goldberg, I'd just be nagging and be like, man, I'm going to just do what I did to you, like what I did to your son. And, and MVP's like, no, <laughs> don't do that. And then Bobby Lashley says, I challenge you to a tag team match. You and your son versus me and my son, MVP. <laughs> and then MVP just looks at him. <laughs> let's go let's do it that'd be pretty fun <laughs> but anyway main event time John Cena versus Roman Reigns acknowledge him yes with do you, Paul do you acknowledge him I acknowledge him so you do acknowledge him now yes he's good now right he's good for now uh, he's good for now yeah, I got to see where it lands because I feel like this is uh, Vince throwing everything at him to finally become the super Roman that he Roman. that he wants him to be because he's beat fucking Undertaker. Um, he's beat Brock. He's beat Brock, but like he has to beat Brock, in my opinion, clean like how he beat John Cena. It's not really like a super decisive win when he beat him. It was more like he fucking survived and somehow was able to win, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is different. That's a different way of winning and losing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I gotta say, like when I first started hearing, oh, they cha- they pushed him heel and he's different now, and I was like, okay, well, this is what everybody's been saying that they should do with him for years, and they're finally doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. And it's like, well, guess what happened? It's like everybody really likes it and saying he's doing a good job. 
<laughs> and he he is he does get actual heat, and he is being a heel. And uh, like even in in his matches, he's being a heel. He's not playing to the crowd or doing shit that he knows will get him cheers. Um, he like he's also he's also said he's not working with any scripts anymore. All his promos are just him, just saying whatever. He was being a heel to a kid because there was like two kids watching the SummerSlam match, and one was obviously a John Cena fan. So the John Cena fan kid was crying, and he he retweeted it and said, "Acknowledge me, kid." That's great. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I've, I, liked, I've liked his promos too, though. Is what I was, I was gonna say. His promos are good, and I think Paul Heyman kind of helped him. Um, not he doesn't really say much. No, yeah, that's the thing. I think he's just there to help him promo wise and to look prominent as a, a top heel. My only worry now, I know we're not really talking about John Cena that much, um, but like at the end when I saw Brock, the only thing that came to mind to me that I hope that does not happen is that we get a double turn because. Brock came back, looked like he, well, one, he has like a fucking man bun on or whatever. He's with his hair. Um, and he's like high-fiving people on the way to the ring. So I guess he's face. He's uh, baby face now. Yeah. Yeah. The report. So I hope at whatever match, whatever next pay-per-view there is, or if whatever is leading to a big pay-per-view, that Paul Heyman is not going to screw Roman Reigns and be with Brock and now their heel in Roman's face. I hope that doesn't happen. I think that's, I think that's suicide on Roman Reigns, uh, 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 momentum at the moment. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't really think about that. I don't know that they'll do something like that. Actually. Um, I'm not sure though. They did do something earlier in the show that was like, really what the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think Lesnar's in danger of becoming a happy-go-lucky babyface, though, just because he's high-fived a dude. Because after the match, I don't know if you saw it, because it was, like, exclusive after SummerSlam footage, he f 5 John Cena. I mean, everybody does. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, hey, it's you. Come here. And he's f 5 <laughs> I don't know why that's just funny to me. It's like, yeah, that, that should happen. Everything's right in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'm, I'm. Even though John Cena does take the fall for some people, like he literally lost. Like I haven't seen him lost this bad before, besides like Brock Lesnar, I guess. Yeah, he hasn't lost this emphatically, uh, like this. Yeah, other than to Brock Lesnar. Now he did lose to Daniel Bryan in a pretty clean fashion mm-hmm. and that helped to further propel him to be main event. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first actual jobs he did besides losing to Lesnar when he came back. Um, but yeah, see, he came out and he was super over because people missed him because he went away. They were able to miss him because he went away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, the match itself was like it's interesting because it's more uh it's more psychology and, and posturing and, and milking of, of stuff rather than straight wrestling, although it did get into that in the middle in the later part. 
What was weird to me is Cena kind of does a heelish thing a little bit. What do you mean? He mimics the ooh-ah and tries to go for a spear. Well, because he thinks Roman's a dick, so he's going to embarrass him. That's kind of heelish in a way. But if a, if a babyface does that to embarrass and fuck with a heel, it's not heelish. Oh. It's not it, it, stealing somebody's move and trying or making fun of them. That's kind of a gray area. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, it is. It was just weird seeing that because I know he did the rock bot. Like I know other superstars, especially when the rock, uh, when St- Steve Austin did the rock bottom on the rock. Like that was like because of their feud. Like they were just showing off each other. Yeah, they would just steal each other's moves to fuck with each other. Yeah. And this one, it just felt like John Cena was just messing around with Roman because he thought he was the best. Well, how great would that have been? Think about that. Like, if what what if Cena beat him like that? That would. What what would he say? He's like, I beat you with your own move. Mm. You suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Him and um, his him and his bald spot. <laughs> oh come on, give him a break. Uh, would you rather him have like all the hair he had before? Uh, like remember when he came back for that hot minute and he had like the comb over the tag? Yeah, he had he looked he had like JBL hair. It was weird. Yeah, and like I don't know, Becky made fun of his hair or something. That was funny. He definitely got a haircut before SummerSlam because when he came back to like feud with Roman, like with the promos and stuff, yeah. his hair was like weird. But then, like when he was at SummerSlam, he definitely got like a crew cut or whatever to lessen the bald spot a little bit. Oh well, we can't all be very fortunate in that department. I mean, I I was imp- <laughs> I I was impressed with John Cena in this because. Usually when I see a John Cena match, I'm like, oh, he's going to do this. He's going to go do that. And it just it, it didn't end up that way. <laughs> was... The thing is, John is always capable of having of being able to wrestle, being able to have a, a decent to good match, sometimes even a great match, depending on the circumstances of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's just that the way that they wanted to push him and have him do shit, they didn't want him to do it. it was, some of it might even be some Hoganism back when he was on top you know brother why should i kill myself brother i could just do big boot scoop slam leg drop he's gotten smaller right yeah he has it's very noticeable it's kind of like when hulk hogan got off the juice i'm not saying john cena is on the juice maybe he is maybe he's not i don't care he was on the juice who fucking cares it's wrestling i'm not gonna let that go it's so stupid you're doing illegal steroids it's like it's right they're not. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't an athletic competition. Yeah. What the fuck is this? I, I I need somebody to explain that to me. Still, I'm not advocating all oh, you should use steroids or shit, but it's just weird to me. I think they can't do it now because probably the Chris Benoit situation. Yeah, you might. If you do steroids, you might go insane and kill your family or something. And then might be on Twitter saying uh, lost. That had, his nothing life. To, that had nothing to do with him landing on his head. A thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Though. But what I was trying to say is like, he kind of reminded me of Hulk Hogan when he came back in 1993 and he's just like this 
skinny he's shell little, of himself. He's a little smaller. I mean, the Hulkster didn't come back skinny, but he was definitely smaller. Mm. Because there uh, was Cena. I mean, Cena looks like The Rock. You know, when The Rock went to Hollywood mm-hmm. and do, was doing movies, he he shrunk down. But then when he came back the second time, he he fucking puffed back up. Yeah, man. So, Cena probably didn't have time to get back to probably where maybe he wanted to be. Plus, he's not a fucking fiend like The Rock. I, I mean, Cena was pretty jacked back when he was active. Yeah. But, so, the, the, I mean, I mean yeah. The Rock wasn't that big at all in, in wrestling until he went to Hollywood, in my opinion. True. So, anyway. What, what else do you have to say about this match? Because... The knuckle shuffle was there. The spear was blocked by Reigns. Yeah. Um, then there was the attitude adjustment that was tried on the top turnbuckle. There was a lot of false finishes in this match, by the way. But they were good false finishes, and they weren't all fast. It wasn't like rapid fire. It's yeah. like somebody would do a big move and then cover, and then there'd be selling, and then they'd reset and get ready to do the next thing instead of just I almost got him shit then they get up and they start doing other spots they start immediately do, whip them into the ropes the uh, uh, spine buster get up and do a 630 and he kicks out son of a bitch <laughs> I like the scene it was doing a diving leg drop but fucking Reigns turning into a power bomb that was sick that was mm. pretty good um yeah, like I was saying before, though, there was a lot of, in the early part of the match, there was a lot of posturing and just psychology and fucking with people. Like, Cena kept trying to roll him up, and it was like, one. And he kicked out at one. He's like, that's one. Mm-hmm. One. And he'd do it again. He's like, that's one. And he'd do it another time. He's like, that one was two. <laughs> We're getting close. And, like, he's starting to get pissed off a little bit because he keeps trying to roll him up, and it's aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like... Eventually, he did take it out on him. He, he he fucked him up with the stairs and stuff, and he started doing that thing. And I really like this. I like when people talk trash actively during a match, mm-hmm. or like they they go to the crowd to mess with somebody in the crowd. Like Roman has taken time to like talk trash to you in the middle of a match. I'm like, okay, you get extra points for that. I like that. <laughs> um. Reigns does Superman punch, um, but then that's when Cena does one of his uh, roll-ups and stuff. There was a, a STFU was uh, used in one of them. Uh, then eventually Roman Reigns gets the spear and then wins. And then, that, one spear. and then that's when Brock Lesnar comes out and then you see like Paul Heyman just fucking like lose his mind. He goes, no, no, no. He's just <laughs> freaking out. Not him. No. <laughs> and that, what happened? Why? Why? Why did they? Did they ever explain that? What? Like why Paul is suddenly with Roman, and like why he's not working with Lesnar anymore? Is that about to be explained to us? I I, I think maybe this is what the storyline is going to be about. I always wondered about that. I'm like, why is he? Why? How did? How did this come about? Yeah, and I don't think they ever really addressed it. Because yeah, it's a little weird seeing like. Paul Heyman there not talking like he did that with Punk a little bit um but Punk didn't need Paul Heyman 
Even though, like, the only reason why they did that is because he had his pipe bomb moment. He's like, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. It just enhanced the uh, the overall package that Paul Heyman was there. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. It's like he just stands there and makes Paul Heyman facial expressions. Like, mm-hmm. like when he almost gets pinned or... Or he'll do this, or he'll um, he holds the title up, and he stands in the background holding the title like while Roman's talking. Mm-hmm. This is funny, <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe we'll finally get some answers for that. And uh, I know you said, "Look, I don't want to see this," but I was like, "No, you know, I want, I want the the, the roles have reversed. I do kind of want to see this." I'm intrigued to see where it happens, but I'm not like excited to see what happens. I'm not really. I don't know. I'm in a weird spot. I wouldn't say I'm like excited, but I'm not really like. I'm not apathetic about it either. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because uh, I don't know. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's weird because it seems like depending on who you talk to, you get like varying opinions on him. Hmm. Some people think he sucks or he's overrated or he's terrible, um, and which I think is ridiculous. I think he's probably been one of the better attractions and workers that they've had for them for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Like he, he just has a different kind of match. What, why do you expect Brock Lesnar to work the typical bullshit 20-minute main event match? Why should he? He's he's different. I still remember that Randy Orton match where he just fucking elbowed him in the, the face. Beat the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing about Brock. He works snug. Uh his stuff he he tries to have a match that looks like a fight. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. But what'd you give this match? I gave it a seven because it was I, what did I write? Uh, I didn't write that, but I had this thought. I was like, this is just good old fashioned WWF main event pro wrestling is what this match was. It was just like the, the, you had two big stars and they were fucking popping off at each other and doing smart assy little spots. And it evolved into a more serious match over time. And it was big, moves but not insane moves and there was selling and it was it was just good yeah i gave it yeah i, I i'm gonna give this i actually modified it because i was i had it at 6.5 but then like us talking about it i wanted to move it up to a seven so i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten um now for the whole show mm. <laughs> Main event was cool. Edge and Seth was a, a great match. Great match. Triple threat was okay. It was good. good. It was good. Sheamus and Damian Priest was good. Mm-hmm. And then the other stuff, I could have dealt without it. But I'm going to give it a 6.95 out of 10. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see if I got anything else to say. Like, man... It's been a really long time since I've watched a main roster WWE show. Mm-hmm. Uh, since early last year, so it's it's been over. It's been a year and a half. Uh, and coming back and 
listening to the commentary has been fucking awful. Commentary at WWE fucking sucks. They need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the three-man Hydra configuration. And I don't think they'll ever, ever, ever go back to a two-man booth. I don't think it's possible. Well, they have Pat McAfee and Michael Cole so far as a two-man booth. I always forget about that. Okay, so they, they do have a two-man booth. And that's what I was going to say. Pat McAfee is interesting. He's different. But I think sometimes they have him go way too over the top in some of the stuff that he says. Yeah. He's like, dial it back a little bit. He gets way too excited sometimes about something. Sometimes he says stuff that just sounds fucking dumb. Well, I like what he does when he says, you know, I really can't say this, but because we're on the cock, the peacock. <laughs> I think he watches, I think he listens to Jim Cornette because he's the one that started saying that. He called it the cock. <laughs> Is it on the cock? <laughs> I guess I'll watch it on the cock then. <laughs> He's got to listen to that show. Probably does. <laughs> so, um, so what did you get the whole show? Uh, I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. Okay. The only reason why I, I did a little higher is because those other matches brought it up for me because I was going into SummerSlam being like, this is, this is going to be fucking trash. Like, I'm going to let... Obviously, I like NXT better, but I was going into it being like, ah, it's going to be fucking terrible. And some of the matches were okay and good. And some great. Yeah. I, uh... I kind of had... I, I kept my expectations in in check. I didn't have like real high expectations, mm-hmm. uh, but not low either because it's like, well, usually they try harder on like a big four show, even Survivor Series. Um, but it was like they had one match that was legitimately a bad match, mm-hmm. and I think we is Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie. I mean, the thing with Bianca and Becky wasn't even a match. We didn't even score it. No. Because it was a squash. Yeah. So we don't score squash matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, like, the, the start of the show was just okay, and then every other match was either good or it was okay. And then there was just one great match that was, like, a memorable, wow, a, a SummerSlam match. They had one of those. And keep in mind, this is the day after CM Punk came back. Um, yeah, because Friday they had the CM Punk thing in Chicago and their answer was to have Becky Lynch come back, do that squash, which kills that momentum in my opinion, because if they didn't do that and they did it where it's bearable and everybody's happy, they have Becky Lynch with the title or not with the title, but she's back. And then you have Brock Lesnar who's back. I've heard people speculate. That's why they brought her back, but. Uh, I've heard that that's been the plan for a long time too. Well, uh, and I, I kind of thought that too. Like I've, I've heard supposedly uh, very recently, it was like, no, she was supposed to come back for the 2022 draft, which was a little later, but the whole time I thought they'll probably bring her back at SummerSlam because that's the biggest live crowd they'll have up to this point. No, I'm not saying that this is their answer. Like they had to do this. I'm I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying uh, some people say that and believe it. Oh yeah. They're assholes. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't buy that. 
Because I think me and you, I think me and you speculated like if anything, SummerSlam, there's people here. Like we were thinking WrestleMania because there was people there, um, but that never happened. No, she might not have been ready yet either. Mm-hmm. Like because I think at that point she just had her kid like a couple months before. Mm-hmm. That's probably not enough time to get back to normal. I don't know. I've never, I've never pushed a watermelon out of me. <laughs> I'm sure it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, it was overall, it was a, it was an okay show. Um, it was, maybe it was better than what I thought it was going to be, but, um, some things just dragged it down. One was a bad match. One was a really dumb booking decision that kind of made me feel a little negative about the whole show other than one really good match that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I, when I did my scoring, I kind of like. I was pissed about it, but not enough to be like, it taints the show. It's just that I'm pissed that they did that to her and to Bianca. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because I, I like Bianca. I've always thought she was good. I'm glad she got her, like, main roster push. It seemed to be working for her. <laughs> now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we're... Hopefully she's still going to be in the main event area. But it's time to do some NXT TakeOver. Take it away. 36. Um, this was August 22nd, 2021, Orlando, Florida. So it was a much smaller crowd because, remember, we were just like, why are they doing summertime on Saturday? But apparently there was scheduling conflicts, and um, and that's why we got NXT TakeOver 36. Uh, first thing I want to get out of the way, I don't like the set of NXT at all. I'm... I don't like the cage, the fences around, and everybody's like in the dark with the yellow light and shit. I don't like that either. There's been a lot of people complaining about the lighting of NXT lately. Mm. I never minded how it was like dark because mm. it kind of enhanced that feeling that it was like a, um, like you were watching some kind of like underground show. Mm hmm. And that's kind of like the, the the motif they were trying to push with it. Like NXT is this in not indie like as in wrestling, this indie underground scene kind of thing. And they've had like these up and coming rock bands do like performances or they get their they license their music like you know it felt something like a music festival or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking weird plexiglass walls. I don't like that. I don't like this. It seems really cramped, too. It reminds me because everybody's wearing masks because of the pandemic and all that stuff. But like, it reminds me that we're like in a uh, fucking post-apocalyptic setting. You're not allowed to. Do, you can't. There must be a barrier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't like that either. But I think uh, there. This is in the performance center. It's not in. Um, full sale. It's not in the regular full sale facility. Yeah, because they're not allowed back there because COVID. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they they it worked. Um, it was pretty loud, obviously, because it's a small room. Um, so sounds gonna travel pretty loudly there. Yeah. But but we had the first match, um, which I had to watch highlights. By the way. Um, Oh, you didn't go back and watch? I didn't. I had no time. 
what you didn't have time yeah now and then i got so much editing for every other show and watching movies and shit and then i don't have one we watched one movie (laughs) well i had other stuff to do plus i'm packing because i'm moving this that's true you're yeah you're you're moving so i'll give you that then yeah so cameron grimes versus la knight for the million dollar title match Ted DiBiase uh, was with Cameron Grimes. Yes. Um, with the highlights that I saw, fucking Cameron Grimes takes some fuck. He's a bumping machine, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he can work. And he's got personality and he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's also different. He looks different. He acts different. He wrestles different. And he talks different. <laughs> some, he's like some dude from North Carolina. Like, he... <laughs> And he doesn't really try to hide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, at first, Cameron Grimes was just, like, this guy who looks and sort of acts, like, just sort of like how he acts now. Mm-hmm. Except not as, I'm going to say silly, but I don't mean it, like, in a degrading way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last January... Um, when the stuff was going crazy, like with the stock markets or whatever, yeah, was when they started changing him. They started gi- giving him a little bit more of a gimmick. Oh, uh, to the moon! Yeah, and he they, he just came out one night, and like I saw the promo like on Facebook, like on on like the NXT feed, because I was I refused to watch it, <laughs> uh, and I was like, "What the hell, Cameron Grimes?" manipulated GameStop stocks and got rich. Is that what the, uh, it made me want to watch it <laughs> because it was topical. And he's like, I, I, I found out about GameStops and, and like I bought stock and then I found out about cryptocurrency. <laughs> you, you know, like we talk about how Vince like looks at things and says, we better use this. I feel like, Shawn Michaels, because he since he's doing like backstage thing and like Triple H, they're all just like reading the news and be like, you know, what would be really cool. We could we could have like the kid who's went after the million dollar title and shit, uh, you know, gets rich off of this GameStop stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they did. They changed they changed his gimmick where he got he got rich off of stocks and Dogecoin. And- <laughs> <laughs> And then Ted DiBiase wanted to, like, associate with him because he got rich. And he's like, I like you, kid. You got something. Mm-hmm. And then and then they were kind of a, a bit of an item for a while. And it's weird to see Ted DiBiase. This is, like, weird timing because, like, we're watching Ted DiBiase, like, almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, now we're seeing Ted DiBiase and he's an old man, <laughs> like, at the same time. He's still doing his laugh, by the way. <laughs> Still, he still does the laugh. He mm. still, and he did still do. The, he did the million dollar dream in this match to L.A. Knight. Mm-hmm. Is Eli Drake, but he came to WWE, and they called him L.A. Knight. Does he still do the? Yeah, I don't think he does that anymore. That would, um, that'd be hilarious with the NXT crowd. But this was for the million dollar title, and before this, uh, L.A. Knight was being an asshole, and then. Cameron Grimes had the million dollar title with, with Ted. And then he's like, I'll fight you for that title. And he's like, okay. 
He's like, but if you lose, you have to become my butler on top of that. <laughs> and so he did. And like, this is like old school wrestling shit, like stuff from like Memphis or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, like this may be a little bit more hokey because it's like, you're my butler for like a month or something. Yeah. But that's what this reminded me of. It was like those old stipulations and whatnot. But all the highlights of it, so it looked like a fun match, and it was a good kickoff. Uh, which, by the way, I I watch uh, some reviews also talk about it too. That's why I did, I'm not scoring this match because I didn't see it fully. Um, okay. But based off of what other people people were going into this, being like, "Oh, this is kind of silly," because obviously they're not used to Ted DiBiase and um, you know all, all the the gimmicks and stuff, so they they. Because people want this like stupid, su- stupid, serious stuff all the time, and uh, they were just like, "Wow, this was a good match." And uh, I was like, "Yes, because it's Ted DiBiase, and you have two good wrestlers in there putting on a show for you." Uh, yeah, I was gonna say actually, like when they had their first match, a lot of people were talking about how good that match was, mm-hmm. how good these guys are together, and I, I was gonna say, "Yeah, these guys have some chemistry together." And, um, yeah, Cameron's a good baby face. Like, he was a heel for a little... He was a heel at first in NXT. Mm-hmm. But the stuff with stonks and, and coins got him to be a baby face because it's topical. And it's like, you know, how funny is that? That guy made a bunch of money off of stupid GameStop bullshit. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's going to make you a baby face. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like... Uh, man, when LA Knight came out, he had this really shit ass music (laughs) and I, that's something I noticed like watching this whole show was a lot of the people coming out now, they have like really bad themes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, they lost that group that was doing it for him. Uh, Johnson or whatever. No, uh, John, I mean, Jim Johnston was, he wasn't ousted. I want to say, but he was like, he was pushed off to the side like years ago. Mm-hmm. Like he was still under contract with WWE, but like they just didn't want to do anything with him. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, you want me to write some music? And they're like, no, we don't, we don't want your music anymore. Oh, you can, you can just stay home and get paid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they had like the CFO group which was like the people that have been making them a lot of the more recent themes from 2013 up to last year, year before, because they had some kind of contract dispute uh, where I think they were wanting to still have like some percentage of the ownership of their work. And they, of course, nobody was like, <laughs> no pal, that's not <laughs> happening. So they, they fucked off. And now you see the result. It, or you hear it anyway. It's, Everybody's a lot of people's new music sounds fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't fit. It just sounds really fucking generic. Poor LA Knight. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> but what'd you give this match? Oh, um Well, I I did want to say uh LA Knight's a great heel actually in this match. Mm-hmm. And it, being a heel for this crowd is really hard to do. Because uh, not a lot of people can do it well. Because a lot of people have tried and it do- it doesn't work. So, like Adam Cole, Adam Cole does shit that's like very heelish all the time, but people won't boo him. You see, if, um, 
you see if like if WWE wasn't corporate, right? And people weren't such fucking softies and shit, I would I would have a gimmick where I would point at the crowd and be like, "Why the hell are you guys wearing fucking mask? It only there's it, such a small percentage that you might die. So why well, you didn't never yeah. you never got the the cold before, you never got a flu. Like yeah, I, you, you could get some real heat with that, yeah. Yeah, but you know, with today's environment, you can't do that. Well, LA Knight managed to get heat without doing that. I would call that maybe borderline cheap heat. Mm. Um, he just got heat the old-fashioned way by being a heel, being an asshole, and just fucking with the baby face and humiliating him for like a month or whatever the hell. And then hit try, be, try to beat up old Ted DiBiase. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, good match. Uh, good finish. At some point, Cameron Grimes got some accidental collar. I think he got hit in the nose or something. Mm-hmm. No, no. He got he got a cut in the forehead somewhere. And, yeah, he got some accidental collar. It, was, it helped, though. Yeah, it made it look cool. Yeah. they So, Cameron Grimes beat him with... Uh, some kind of stomp move and got the title back and he's free. He's not a butler anymore. And if he was going to lose Ted DiBiase, he was going to become LA Knight's butler. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This is like ridiculous. But <laughs> I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. It was a good match. They have chemistry. They worked. LA Knight worked the crowd. This really stubborn, hard to get you to boo, smarky crowd. Mm-hmm. So it was good. All right. Raquel Gonzalez. NXT women's title match. Well, you have something? No. I'm oh. just pointing. Pointing. And uh versus Dakota Kai, my girl. She's uh, a girl. Okay. She's she's my girl. Um I don't like her hair. She needs to like quit doing danger hair shit. Yeah, she used to have normal hair. I don't know what this, this way too many bright colors for a heel. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of problems. Uh, Ra- Raquel Gonzalez looks like a monster. But you she, say she's ugly? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying that she's <laughs> canceled. Um, I'm saying like her wrestling and. Even for like a a big strong woman, she kind of looked like she struggled carrying Dakota Kai. Yeah, and that's the thing that happened a few times in this match where they were supposed to do some kind of like reversal power spot, mm-hmm. and it seems like every time they tried to do that, it got messed up. Mm. Uh, like she couldn't hold her, or like maybe Dakota couldn't get in the right spot for a good grip and I'm not sure whose fault it was, but I will say I've seen Dakota Kai have several matches and she's not usually one to mess stuff up. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was Raquel maybe, and I'm not trying to say she's like awful or anything like that. Um, Cause I have seen clips of her here and there. Uh, and it seemed like she's been doing a better job. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe it was just bad luck. Yeah, there was a lot of matches, uh, or a lot of spots, I should say, where 
it kind of like took me out of the immersion a little bit because I'm like I'm seeing a strong Latina like almost monster of a body facing against Dakota Kai, which is really, really skinny, by the way. Yeah, this Latina Amazon chick. Big big mommy cool. She she told she stole Big Daddy cool, you see. <laughs> and then uh she's fighting Dakota Kai who's like half a foot shorter maybe giving up 30 pounds or 40 <laughs> yeah like if anything like she should be power bombing her like it's a piece of paper um but i think they the the match was constructed properly yeah the match the match was yeah. great um it could have been great it, maybe yeah it, let me let me rephrase that it's good on how it went from beginning to end and I think if they would have hit those spots, it would have been a great match. Uh, by the way, Dakota Kai's kicks are fucking crazy. I don't know how she makes it sound like that. I don't know if she's slapping her leg uh, or, you know, she's hitting in a spot where it doesn't really hurt, you know, Gonzalez. The, the leg slapping class. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's got those kick pads on. So I think, like, if you got real thick kick pads and you hit right, you're able to make a noise without having to slap your leg. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like RVD. RVD never slapped his leg. You know, if you actually think about it, you think back to RVD's matches, he never slapped his legs. Mm-hmm. He just kicked people. <laughs> Very true. But, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I think it was the right move to uh, have Gonzalez retain yeah um because you know looking at the size i don't think dakota kai unless you do something that's cheating wise or not had to cheat be a heel somehow yeah then i think that would have been good if dakota kai won that but overall i think this was a good match and i gave this a six out of ten i gave it I actually scored it a little higher than you. I gave it a 6.75 out of 10, even with the mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's mostly because, like, I, f- I still felt like this match had something. And there was a story there because these two have teamed up for a while, and then she turned on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Raquel still has p- potential that hasn't been reached yet. Like, she's she's got something for sure. Yeah. And then Dakota's really kind of grown more as a as a wrestler because like before she i think she was always a baby face she was uh, a baby face with another person i think tegan knox i think yeah yeah well, and like well i'm saying even like before she went to wwe i think she was always just a baby face mm-hmm. uh and then uh War games. yeah she turned she turned heel on tegan and then that kind of happened for a bit and that's when she started teaming up with Raquel. And at first she was kind of just her muscle. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into them being tag teaming and then turned into her getting a title and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like become a pretty good heel. Yeah. And she's doing decent promos. She's got some good facial expressions like that fucking promo at the beginning that, that shows you the video package. And she's just sitting there. She's like, I'm, nobody's sidekick and she's like shaking <laughs> when she's like saying that <laughs> i'm like damn calm down 
Um, but yeah, that it was it was still good despite that. It could have been it could have actually been good. Mm-hmm. 6.75 is above average match. Um, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, I was gonna say after the match, Kaylee Ray comes out, and then you were like, "Who?" And I had to tell you who she was because mm-hmm. it's like if you don't watch NXT UK, you would have never known who that is. Yeah, but I've think I think I saw a match with her one time. She's good, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see, I guess. Well, speaking of good, let's go into something amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I. I'm fighting in my head right now what the score could be because I don't have a score yet. Okay. This is the discussion that might have to come at near the end. Um, WWE, or I should say NXT United Kingdom title match between Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. Or Walter. Walter. Um, (laughs) I don't know where to start. There's so much shit in this that was crazy. I know, right? This yeah. is, <laughs> and it's it's funny because like I don't think you saw the first match with them, did you? No, it's it's on there somewhere, um, but I I still need to watch it too. I haven't, uh, but I've all I've always been a fan of Walter since I've seen him. And I thought I was like, this guy is great. Like he's he's like German Brock Lesnar. Uh huh. <laughs> But he wrestles differently from it's weird. It's like he has a different style of working, but he has a similar psychology where it's like it looks more like a fight than what is a traditionally accepted as that was amazing wrestling match. This was a war. This was this was a fucking fight where two guys tried to beat the shit out of each other. Uh, I thought <laughs> I remember I was talking to you. I was like, this is going to end in like a, a puckery, like draw kind of way where nobody wins. And, uh, well, yeah, nobody wins. And so that Walter could keep his streak and stuff. Um, no, it didn't happen that way. Uh, no, I was, I was fine with that, actually. It was like, oh, wow. I was surprised. I was actually surprised by and, the ending. And most of the time, we would like, nitpick some things where you're like well you know if he got hit by that move he should have been like knockout or maybe finished and stuff but like because there was so much back and forth and show of strength and heart like i think Ilya dragunov even though he's a tough motherfucker i think most of that was just heart and adrenaline that got him near the end i think that's how you're supposed to take it yeah, yeah. Be- because Walter, um, he threw everything at him. And what I like about this match is when you see Walter, like, getting uh, uh, getting ahead or, you know, beating his opponent up, he's very calm and collected. Like, he'll hit you with the chops and by the way those chops are fucking deadly he's got the worst chops like is it oh my god that probably really did hurt because <laughs> mm-hmm. you see it when, when somebody has a match with Walter and he chops somebody and you see their chest their collarbone their neck mm-hmm. that shit's turning purple <laughs> god damn uh, but yeah like 
yeah, Walter's usually pretty collected. And sometimes he'll just be like, come on, let's go. Like he's like, he's getting impatient. He wants you to like try to fucking hurt him in some kind of way. So he can maybe get pissed off and probably put you away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, they did this awesome video package too before, which felt like a, you were watching a UFC video package, not, not a, a WWE one. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about the last time I fought Walter, I, I failed and it, it ruined, it ruined me. Mm-hmm. And it showed him like going berserk, like in random matches and like attacking referees and all kinds of stuff. Like he was losing his temper. Mm-hmm. And then Walter was like, I beat his ass. Who cares? I'll beat his ass again, essentially. Because <laughs> what's he got to worry about? He's been champion for 870 days. Yeah. Holy shit. It's, impre- uh, it's impressive. It really is. But, like, honestly, he's he's that kind of guy that you would want to have a title reign like that. He's like a, a what – he comes off – it's like the way he dresses, the way he works – he comes off like one of those real old school traveling or territory champions. That's like champion for like a really long time and you can buy it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I didn't write, like I said, this when we started, like I didn't write any detailed notes about any of the work here. And I can't because too much stuff was happening too much that I would have wanted to talk about. Uh, and I, I can't pick, they didn't do anything wrong. There was no mistakes. Mm. There's nothing to nitpick. They didn't do anything. Well, I felt they could have done this and this would have been better. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> like this was legit. This was legitimately one of the best matches I've seen in modern era. It is probably one of the best matches I've seen like from recent times in like a very long time. And it didn't end in the pen which I liked about that because when you get now, keep in mind, a lot of people give shit when you get submitted because they think that's a shitty way to end. I don't mind that. That's WWE that pushed that mentality, by the way, Mm -hmm. where they say they, 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 they set it up to where it makes, they train the audience to think it's worse to tap out than anything. Mm -hmm. You tap out. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I think it's the other way around. I think when you're pinned, that's even worse. Um, especially when you have a streak like Walter to pretty much have him pinned. I mean, it might be an honor if you do finally do it. But having Ilya, um, I think it was like a sleeper or a chokehold or whatever. I forgot which. He was like a rear naked choke. Yeah. But he was like choking him so fucking hard. <laughs> To the point where Walter had to tap. And like like seeing that, like seeing like, wow, he Walter's done everything. He fucking clotheslined his head off a, a thousand times. That was hilarious. That was that wasn't a clothesline. <laughs> he lariated his head a, a bunch of times. I think there was sometimes Walter did a suplex a superplex off of the uh the top rope and they sold that really well where they they were both on the ground, but but that's after like obviously all the shit that they've gone through. They did it the right way. And Ilya got one back on too. And they they sold that one again. Where it was like, fuck, like they just got ejected out of a vehicle. 
Mm-hmm. So they, they lay there for a while and sell it. <laughs> I don't know what else to like. This the way these guys worked. It it felt and looked more like a fight. Mm-hmm. This and like they were trying to grapple and find a, a an opening, and then the way that they hit each other. Or find they try to find openings with strikes and those elbows. He was throwing those elbows at each other's head. When Elio was like tacking, he, where he was, he's just throwing himself at this guy because that's all he can do because he gives up so much size to him. Mm-hmm. Like you could believe Elio can fight him because he's like he's like Vulture's this giant fucking Austrian guy. And he's like six foot five and he's a three hundred pounds. Elio is like five ten, but he's like. He's strong, he's in shape, but he's, like, crazy. And he's also Russian, so that's, like, double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, he's got, like, this rabid, like, he's like this wolverine or, like, this fucking badger that just keeps coming at you. And he's just, he won't let go and he won't give up. He's just throwing himself at him and he's, like, elbowing him in the head and the ear. He's getting him on the neck as hard as he can. It looks like... UFC style elbows when guys are like grappling on you and shit. Um, he, his his finisher is apparently what do they call it a Moscow torpedo. Yeah, he just runs full speed and and just jumps in the air and launches his head at you. Yep, <laughs> that's his finisher. Yeah, and he was getting angry. Like they were like building up his anger because like. The reason why he's standing is because he's just mad. Yeah. And uh, the promo, which I, I guess let's get... The, I know it's later in the show, but like the promo he says when he wins, um, he's like, the ring general is dead now. It's Does he call himself the czar? The czar, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like even that, he's like, that's all I got to say. Get out of the locker room to the chick. Uh, but... I I have to say this. I think this is the first time ever hearing getting some color where I think this is probably one of the perfect matches that I've seen in a while. It's it, it is perfect in terms of like everything went great. They did everything right. Mm-hmm. And it was executed very well and they told their story in the ring and all that and it came across in the work and they also worked great. There was no times where it looked like they were cooperating with each other. Yeah. None of that shit. There was no stu- There were no flippy dive bullshits. And I, it's not that I hate that stuff, but I hate it when everybody does it and everybody obviously stands there and catch somebody. Yeah. Oh, it's just, no, this looked like, like contest, like, like sport. And, uh, it felt like, there was hostility. Yes. Uh, and it was cool. And like when, and there was like legit surprise when Ilya won in the way that it happened too. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh man, he won. Like, and you're like, yeah. And you felt, you felt invested. Like when he won, it was like, yeah, that, that guy beat him. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was great. Like I wanted to, have Walter still have the streak going, but like Elia won me over. It was weird. 
So, yeah, like I, I was, I was fine with it. Yeah, because I, I, I really like Walter a lot. Um, mm. But I was like, man, he's had it that long. I was like, well, he had it for a really long time. He held it for over two years. Yeah. <laughs> so that's unheard of in modern day. Yeah. Um, but this is one of the best matches I've seen. Uh, and that's on some other level, it kind of frustrates me to see this because this is to me, this is like what modern wrestling could have become. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, that style didn't gain traction on the indie scene like that, like the other stuff. Like it could have been this. It really could have. There was a, there was a window for it to happen and it passed by. I think what really annoys me and because I watch a lot of, you know, old school shit like what we do and also I watch other stuff on the side is like when you have the shows that are on TV or, you know, not the pay-per-view or the big show. I'm not talking about the rest. I'm talking about the big show like a pay-per-view or a big event or something. It leads to something like Walter and Elia, but people need to get through the small buildup. So, for example, Walter will squash this person. Ilya will, you know, sit and sit and watch Walter do something, and they'll lead up to that point. You don't have Walter and Ilya face each other at all. No. You save that for when it's pay per view time, but you show off Bolt wrestlers fucking other people up or playing mind games with each other. Yeah. And and people don't understand that you need to do that. People would rather have Walter and Ilya have like these five star matches all the way to fucking pay per view, and the pay per view could be like a miss or a hit because yeah. we've seen it for a month. Uh, that same match, and it shouldn't be that way. And I think that's what's hurting the wrestling business is you need to have these feuds where they're not in the ring in television. It's like it's like they're doing WCW Nitro stuff where they're having Goldberg face uh, Hulk Hogan at a Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't do that, but I I'm 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 going with the perfect 10. I give this a 9.5 out of 10. Okay. Um, and that doesn't mean, oh, it didn't get perfect. It's just, it, it didn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't, it, it was like I said, they made no mistakes and they did nothing wrong. It was just that it didn't go that high just because of arbitrary taste bullshit is all. Mm -hmm. It's the best way I can put it. I still said this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. So I, I rated at all the matches we've seen, we've reviewed so far on this show only one other match has gotten a score this high Which do you one? remember i don't remember Remind it me. was austin and rock at wrestlemania 17 okay and that was even with the weird heel turn shit it's still it's a good match very good match um take away this next match because i got to use the bathroom real quick so okay um, let's see. Da, 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 da. There's backstage interview with Cameron Grimes and Teddy Biasi. Cameron gets emotional because he finally won a title, and 
he makes a reference to thinking his father is probably happy, which I guess implies his father passed away, which is messed up, but baby face move, I guess. Uh, Ted says he believes he can carry on the million dollar legacy and he gives Cameron and the, the girl interviewer a bunch of money and say they're going to go to the moon, brother. To the moon. And um, then we got Joe backstage getting ready for his match against Karrion Cross, And then Regal comes in. And then he lets him know, Joe, I want you to know, like, I'm management. And I should be totally impartial and all this stuff. But I want to tell you, I hope you kick his ass, brother. And then Joe's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kick his ass, brother. And then he leaves. <laughs> All right, um, I'm back. I was mostly covering backstage segments that happened. Oh, yeah, what was the... Uh, what happened? What did we talk about? I, I Cam- forget. Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase were backstage talking, and it was mostly, like, fun. It was uplifting and fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like Ted gave everybody a bunch of money, and they, Cameron said they were going to the moon, brother. Oh yeah, I remember that because I was like, "Come on, Ted, why why don't you take the lady out?" But I forget he's probably married and stuff. He gave her money. He's like, oh, "I don't know if you're gonna be partying with me and the kid," but yeah. And then there was like that short segment with Joe and Regal in the locker room, and then Regal's like, "I need, I know I should be impartial because I managed it, but kick his ass." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." Then we get the video package for Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who've been feuding for, I guess, a few months now. Yeah. Um, Kyle's interesting because um, he's be, he's being pushed singles now. And uh, Well, Bobby I Fish never, is not there anymore, right? Yeah, they released him, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because he's, he's a good worker. I don't know how Bobby would have done as a single, honestly, though. Like, I don't know, because that's what I was getting ready to say about Kyle. I was like, if you had told me they would have started pushing Kyle as a single, I would have been like, I don't know about that. But it's actually working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think part of it's because Adam Cole, and Adam Cole's putting him over. And it's clear Adam Cole did this job to put his friend over on his way out. Yeah. He, he did it old school style. <laughs> uh, the video package was good. It, these guys are fucking pissed. They hate each other. Fuck you. We're going to fight. And that's what this is. This is Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, two out of three falls match. Each falls a different stipulation. I think it was like a regular match, uh, yeah. a street fight, and then a steel cage. That's it. In that order. Um, The first two matches, obviously, were to get out of the way, were like, okay. There were some spots. Um, They had... Definitely did some moves where weapons got in the way, or not what not in the way, but were used because it was a street fight. Right. Um, I believe the first one, Kyle O'Reilly won. Second one was Adam Cole, which made it one one. And then that's when it was, it was really funny how the first ball went too, though. <laughs> like. He went for Adam Cole went for that Panama Sunrise thing, mm-hmm. you know the weird Canadian destroyer. Yeah, but like when he went to jump and he landed on Kyle and went to flip, Kyle just sat down and pinned him <laughs> and got it. And then like the first fall goes Kyle, and then like Cole sits up and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just lost. 
that was good. I'm always impressed with Kyle O'Reilly because he's another striker and a submissioner um, because he does a lot of kicks. Um, that's kind of his shtick. And also yeah. how he just like his, all his submission moves look like they actually hurt. <laughs> well, I think he I think he legit trained in MMA. Um, mm. and he's got that skill and it comes across that way. And that's what I was going to add to that. It's like, yeah, he's got a unique style that nobody else has that they can pull off. Mm-hmm. He does his MMA stuff and his grapples and his submissions. And it's like, yeah, nobody really wrestles like that. Yeah. So that works for him. Um, What do you have to say about any of his matches? I liked it. Uh, I liked the different falls. It is a different stipulation. It kind of reminded me of like crazy matches we would have in like the SmackDown games or something. Mm-hmm. When you could like when the they, the matchmaker uh, uh, feature came in to play, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whenever that was, I don't remember when it happened. Um, the the I like the regular singles match is the first match thing that was interesting. Um, like I just talked about how first fall went, how great that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was like, I think it was in the street fight. Um, there was a, that spot where Kyle got injured, uh, and he fell off of the turnbuckle and did like a he took a bump that looked kind of like oh that could have legitimately really did hurt him, but it, I guess it didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he like flopped real fast, spun and like hit the apron at a weird angle where it looked like it might have fucked his shoulder up or something. Mm-hmm. But it turned out it was his ribs and he sold it like a champ because that's another thing that he's really good at is selling. Mm-hmm. But he used to say he used to sell like a heel, though, where it would be like he would always do that thing. I don't think he'll ever do this anymore as a baby face, but it's like he would get hit and he would do almost like a flare flop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. he'd like fall off the apron or he would just collapse in like a heap and it would, it would look like Johnny Sasaki and Bill Gear Solid with his ass sticking up in the air <laughs> <laughs> he would only do that as a heel <laughs> anyway he, he was like oh fuck and it sounded like yeah that's that's the sound of somebody who has d- damaged ribs <laughs> he's coughing yeah. he's really selling that he can't breathe and shit this is when they did the chair spot, right? Yeah, I didn't like that chair spot. I felt like that was a bit risky. Like, too too risky for what the payoff could be, which is you landed in a bunch of chairs. Okay. But, like, the way they did it was, like, let's set up a bunch of chairs that are, like, somebody's going to sit on them back to back, and then let's just throw a guy's spine on that and see what happens. Those have to be gimmick, you think? <laughs> How do you gimmick that? <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's extra plasticky, where it's just like, it just disintegrates when you uh, go through it. I don't think it did, Uh. and it didn't, because when he hit it, that shit just bounced and fell over, and it was like still intact. And that's why I was like, God, did they really have to do that? Like, they could have fucking hurt themselves with that one. And they always do that in in wrestling now. It's like these... you know, yeah, people come up with, like, chair spots they want to do. Like, the last chair spot I just saw was when Christian did the prettier Kenny Omega on the chair, but that was probably safe. Mm-hmm. You, you can safely do that. You're not landing on the ridge of a fucking chair with your spine. 
Like, what the hell? You end up like Edge. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, Edge didn't even do anything crazy to end up like that. It just build up. But anyway, mm. um, the street fight shit was good. Adam Cole won that, that one. I forgot how he did, though, was the thing. Did he just, uh, he hit, I think he hit his uh, last shot in some way, right? I believe so, yes. Like, he did something with a weapon and then, like, like got that and, and won. And they, they fought outside and threw, like, Kyle threw him into the weird dystopian plexiglass and he landed in an awkward position. <laughs> that was good. And then, um... That's when the steel cage comes down. And at some point, I think Cole attacks him when that happens with a chair. Well, they did this. They did this angle where the doctors are checking on um, Kyle O'Reilly, and like the doctors aren't even doing anything. They're just like looking at him. You okay? You okay? And then uh, <laughs> Adam Cole's like, "Get him back in the ring," because it, 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 I, I got to point this out. I know it doesn't care. People probably won't care because it's twenty twenty one. Why there's so many women refs now? I you brought that up and I'm like, yeah, you actually got a point. There is a weird amount now, and I'm not saying there shouldn't be any. I don't care, but like it's gotten to a point to where it's like really noticeable. Like at least in W, at least in WWE and AEW, they still only have Audrey. Well, yeah. <laughs> the the thing is like, this is a match that like could get dangerous and these are two guys now i understand adam cole is small and that black chick was like taller than him and probably a little bit bigger than him um but still like i think you and i'm not saying this as a masculine uh but like if shit got out of control she's not gonna stop these two guys from you know killing each other and i'm not saying that they would it like go off script but like to make it look believable you know you need to have a man to hold like adam cole or kyle o'reilly back while you know shit's going down i agree but <clears throat> he was telling the referee to go tell the doctors to put him back in the ring because obviously if he if he's going to be the heel you want him to be not moving and and win and that's what he was doing i, I like that part and then he handcuffs Kyle O'Reilly to the to the cage or to the ropes. I don't remember. It was it one was to the rope. Yeah, um, and I was surprised by this ending because because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is where you know Kyle O'Reilly is going to lose. And now I know there was like a word that Adam Cole's on his way out, or you know, going not getting pushed anymore. Um, but like Kyle O'Reilly takes Adam Cole's leg because he tries to go kick him and like puts him in his submission move. And by the way, it looked really good. Like it really looked like he like bent his fucking knee. And uh, Adam Cole taps out another another tap out match. Yeah, yeah, it was surprising how that all went down. Yeah. So what'd you give this match? Gave it a eight point five out of ten. I gave um, I gave it eight point three. But what do you have to say? Oh, uh, I didn't really have any like negative thoughts about this 
match really mm-hmm. um it was just that um i don't know uh for whatever reason it just didn't hit oh my god amazing but in my book like it's hard to do a match like that mm-hmm. i'm not just gonna throw a score like that out i'm not dave Meltzer. <laughs> I'm going to make up that's an eight star match brother because my favorite wrestler is in it or whatever the fuck whatever his excuse is Kenny Omega's in it 10 in the Tokyo Dome but uh I don't just throw out huge, huge high scores willy nilly like this that doesn't mean that I didn't think this match was great because it was a great match it told a story it definitely told a story the entire time and uh and Kyle did great selling and being a baby face and being fucked up and making me think he was actually hurt. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cole's great and he's a great heel and everything. It's just like, it's like I said before though, it's so hard to get heat with that crowd. Even when, and Cole's not being a, I'm a fucking cool heel. He doesn't do that stuff when he works. Mm-hmm. The only thing he arguably does that's like, that ruins that is when he does Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. When he works a match, he's always healing it up. Um, it's just that crowd, though, they're stubborn. They're, they have that indie stubborn mentality about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but great match. Uh, I dug the weird two out of three falls with a different stipulation thing. That was cool. But damn it, maybe this should have went on before Walter and Elia. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely cooled down. I I actually so after I saw it, I was like, "There's no way." I don't think anybody could follow that. No, it's over. Not even the main event. And uh, I don't know if you want to get into the main event. I didn't think the main event could follow it, but I thought if any match has a chance to try to follow it or even match it, it's this one, and it didn't. It didn't do it. Yeah. So the NXT title match. Uh, uh, I almost said Samoa, Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross. Wait, wait, wait a minute though. Uh, Before that, there was that Legato Del Phasma group doing a promo. Oh yeah, I forgot about do you, that. Do you fucking know anything about those guys? Nope. I care. I was like, what is that? A knockoff Eldrade? Like, did they? That's what I thought too when I first saw that guy. I was like, is this like? Another Andrade Almas. Now he's Andrade El Idolo, whatever. But Jim Cornette always calls these guys the Lucha suits. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, I didn't mean to do that. That snuck out. But like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I saw them and I'm like, yeah, these guys are all clearly luchadors. They all wear suits. And that's they, they stand there and they cut promos. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that guy said. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're mad at Hit Row. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know, what, the, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I that I mean I I messaged you when it happens like is that supposed to be Eldrade is like is that their answer or their replacement and stuff? But then I was like, who are they facing? And then I just zone out, dude. Like I zoned out. I didn't care about that promo at all. And, like, the commentators were, like, building it up, and I'm like, I guess. I mean, whatever. I don't know about those guys. (laughs) Yeah. But then, 
we have this main event. Now, keep in mind, I haven't watched a Karrion Cross match at all. Yeah. Did I miss something, by the way? No. Oh, okay. I was just pointing. Okay. I'm gesticulating. <laughs> I'm, I'm Omega. <laughs> Jazz hands. Um, Karrion Cross. I never seen any of his matches. I know what Samoa Joe brings to me. Um, now he, bring, he brings fatness. Yeah. So I'm like interested. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm interested because I know what Samoa Joe brings to the table, and I've heard about Karrion Cross. So I was interested to see this match. But I gotta be honest with you. This match was all right. I Samoa Joe had some moments. Carrying Cross had some moments. I love Carrying Cross's entrance, by the way. It looks way way better than what we see in the main roster. I tell you what. Oh my god! Now he's the warrior within. <sighs> Fuck! He looks like a Mortal Kombat character now. Mm-hmm. Out of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, not the good one. <laughs> um. I, I was kind of like you starting starting this off. I was like, oh, I know Smojo, and Smojo's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if he got like a little winded though. Like maybe he's a little out of shape still. Yeah, he looked like he got kind of tired. Um, I think but... I, I I think I remember talking to you. I was like, is Samojo okay? Because there was a part of the match where he's like breathing heavy and his he 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 saw he kept on shaking his head like you know he hurt i'm not saying he hurt his head but like he's trying to like snap himself back into it i think that was just selling but like i can kind of tell he he was moving more sluggishly mm-hmm. and sucking more wind and i'm like maybe joe's just ring rusty because he's been, he hasn't fucking wrestled in a really long time at this point uh and you you can train and do all this bullshit. It's like they always say, run the ropes, all that crap. But you don't get ring cardio back until until you start really working again. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's all it is. And Joe's in his forties now, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's starting to catch up with him a little. Uh, Cross is. He's a weird case for me because uh, I saw when he first showed up, like the first takeover he was on or whatever the fuck it was, or maybe it was an NXT episode. I can't really remember now, Mm -hmm. but I remember my first thoughts when I saw him was this guy tries way too hard (laughs) because he was making all these facial expressions it's like he was trying to do the shit we were just praising edge for doing yeah but he was trying to do too much of it too often Mm -hmm. like like all the time he's making crazy faces like after every fucking move or whatever (laughs) it's like dude calm down you're like blow blow gasket or something (laughs) but uh and he has Scarlet or whatever. She's been suspiciously absent from him lately. Uh, that's a big part of the package. It is funny because we walked out. They were chanting, we want Scarlet. And I'm like, damn, you're giving him the fucking, the Johnny B. Bad Mark Marrow treatment. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt bad for him a little bit. 
Um, he he definitely has the stuff. I think he need because if I remember correctly, he was coming from Impact, and yeah, was he Killer Cross? Yeah, yeah, okay. And he was big there, and that's saying a lot, um, because that was before all the when Impact started getting somewhat bearable again. Um, yeah. So you know he's coming to WWE. Um, especially NXT, where you know you have that high caliber of a lineup, and it, it just it, it, something's off. I think he, I don't think he. Well, now his identity's all fucked up now because he's a warrior <laughs> within. Um, but I think he needs to find something where he could latch on and abuse it like a heel. Um. Like how we were talking about Edge, where you have to keep it simple, stupid. Where it's just like, you don't have to do something crazy. Just do a headlock. Do a punch. Do a, a suplex. Get the people would, pissed yeah. off. Well, I was going to say, with um, like while I, I said, like I thought he was trying way too hard with a lot of his facial expressions and shit the first time I saw him. Mm-hmm. This time, I feel like something changed. And like he he did dial it back in his work because mm-hmm. it was different this time. It was uh, he he wasn't doing that anymore, mm-hmm. and he was acting like a bit of a heel in this match. Where he was like talking shit to Joe or being like, "Yo, is that all you got, old fat fucker or whatever?" <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but uh, he taunted him a few times. And the way Karrion Cross works is like he's not. He's kind of a big guy. He honestly looks like something somebody Vince McMahon would like just to look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't do flippy, crazy shit. I hate having to say that all the time, but it's just a lot of people do that. Even bigger sized wrestlers like somebody the size of Karen Cross, like Damian Priest, like David, who's taller than him, mm-hmm. and almost maybe he broke his back again. <laughs> but uh he doesn't do stuff like that he's he seems to be like a grappler a ground and pound kind of guy and he has this he's got two finishers i guess he's got that weird that crazy suplex the site doomsday saito they call it mm-hmm. and he's got the cross jacket that it's just, it's a rear naked choke yeah so he does a weird thing with his arm though i don't know how to fucking do it <laughs> But um, this was yeah, this is a good match though. Um, it just it felt like weird though. It didn't feel like a pay per view match. No, it felt like an NXT match, uh, or I'm sorry, a uh, just a regular NXT Tuesday night match. Uh, and during the match, I kind of zoned out here and there because I did, I did a little bit too because Samoa Joe, like when he started slowing down and started doing like those centom bombs and stuff where he's just like I'm just gonna land you with all my body weight <laughs> I mean that's something he used to always do but yeah but I was like ah oh, it's just you know I I even though we heard rumors about carrying cross going to the main roster it feels weird putting the title on Samoa Joe right it does kind of I was thinking that when it was over like Joe beat him I'm like, well, I guess he's going to the main roster for sure. Yeah, because and 
I'm like, what's the end game now though? Like Joe's the baby face champion and he's, he's back and he's in NXT. And well, <laughs> well, you remember what led up to this, right? Like remember when Regal was like, I don't know what to do. There's chaos around because Carrier Cross is doing chaos. And <laughs> I don't know. Chaos. Yeah. And he's like, I'll be right back. And then like, he came back with Samoa Joe as like the assistant GM or whatever. He was the enforcer. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Karrion Cross started pushing his button. He's like, you like me. We both like chaos. And, and just, you like hurting people. Yeah, and, like, Samoa's like, reinstate me and all that stuff. And now he's the champion. So, I don't know. I feel weird about it. I don't know. Yeah. NXT, like, this is weird. I'm saying weird a lot. Um, but like NXT has always been in this, it seems like a precarious position with its, its main title, uh, ever since I can remember ever since when Sami Zayn won it. Where's Ciampa? He's, uh, teaming up with Timothy Thatcher, who just got his ass destroyed by Ridge Holland, who just came back off of an injury. Oh, do you do you remember Ridge Holland? Barely. He's he's pretty impressive, actually. I must say, he's a, he looks like a guy Vince would really like. So Chomp is in in the tag division. He's been, yeah, he's been in a tag team with Timothy Thatcher because he's crusty old fuckers that like to hurt people. That that's their thing. <laughs> so, do you think L.A. Knight would face against Samoa Joe? You think that's the next thing? I think that's actually what they're setting up um, because LA Knight started immediately trying to stick his nose into the, the title picture, okay. which is, that's fine. Cause LA Knight's a, an actual legit heel and he's a good worker. And he seems like another guy Vince would like, especially cause he's got goddamn personality. <laughs> that and like, that, that's why I said, where's Chompa? Because like, his body physique is what fucking Vince likes, but the only problem is, is he's way fucking too old. He's also small. Yeah. Like, comparatively speaking, like he's like 5'10 or something. So and fuck, he's got that working against him. And, you know, Johnny Gargano is never going to get another fucking world championship title again. I heard this shit, and I don't know if this is true or not, but there's rumors going around their position Johnny Gargano is the top heel, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? No way. No way. I don't believe it. I don't hate him. It's just like this the way shit is awful. This mm. is god awful. This shit they've been doing with them in this stable. Yeah. And like I don't he's not being the right kind of heel that I think he could be, but mm. it's I'm wondering how much longer he's gonna be there though, to be honest. Because now they're releasing all kinds of people willy nilly. Mm-hmm. And like Vince went down there with his people to actually like look at everybody. And I'm like, did he see this guy and think like, who the fuck's this kid? Like <laughs> we can make him into a crash Holly. <laughs> you know, what's sad is it's probably not really a bad idea. For <laughs> like, honestly, it's, it's not, but, but, uh, uh I, we went off in the weeds there, but like, I, I gave this a seven out of 10 because it was, good like there wasn't really anything wrong with it necessarily 
but it just didn't feel like the main event to take over necessarily. I gave it a 6.95 out of 10, and the reason why I gave it that is, yeah, they did fine, but I just, you have to have my attention. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock it down, actually. You, you kind of convinced me a little. Because... Uh, 6.75. You have to have attention, um, because... It seemed kind of rushed, actually. You know, now that I think about it, because the match wasn't that long. It, I think it ended under 15 minutes. The Walter uh, match should have ended it out, in my opinion. They, they should have known when they were putting this show together and they put that match on that card what those guys were going to do based off of the first time. Either you would have had Walter at the end or in the beginning. Because if they would have had that in the beginning... Um, one, it would have kind of sucked for whoever was going to follow it, but at least, <laughs> at least it would be would have been that lull time for them to you know get out of that high and then back into motion. And I think that Samoa Joe match, I would have put the um, probably the cage match in the middle, and maybe right before the main event, I would put the million dollar uh, belt before the main event, just so that maybe that Samoa Joe match would have been a little bit better because after fucking Walter and Ilya and then the fucking three stages uh, stipulations and all that stuff, that kind of sucks the wind out of Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. I would have put Walter and Ilya on last. They should have closed the show. It was for a, a, a main title. It was for the UK title. Mm-hmm. They've done it before. They've had a main event for the UK title close out a takeover. Um, why not do it again, especially with those guys? That's like doing Wrestle. You did WrestleMania 25 with Undertaker and Sean, mm-hmm. and then you did WrestleMania 26. And it's like, no, nah, you guys are still like the third or fourth match after what you did last year. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> uh, but it, it, I, this felt a bit rushed, actually, is something I didn't really write down, but I had that feeling. It felt like it didn't have as much time as it should have. Uh, Probably because it, of the two matches that happened. <laughs> I guess. And I didn't finish what I was going to say about the NXT title, where it, it, I managed to form my thought fully now, is that it always feels like it's in flux ever since Sami Zayn had it. Mm-hmm. It, and like, remember when Sami Zayn won it, and then like Kevin Owens came in and he fucking destroyed him, and he only held it for like a month. Yeah. And then ever since then, it's just like every guy that's had that title only holds it for like a month to three or four months or something. Because and... I, because I think NXT, even though people want it to be its own product, and sometimes it is its own product because some people are sent back, like. And Balor and Samoa Joe, um, I feel like it's once you reach that pinnacle of getting that title is when you're going to the main roster. Um, so that's why usually when they have it for a month, it's they're already looking for who is going to be the next big guy. Especially if you're a babyface, it's like you're not going to hold that thing for long. You're getting ready to get called up now. And this so happened to Keith Lee last time. Yeah, he, he won it. He had it for like a uh, barely a month, and he lost it. And it was like, God damn it! I hate it that they have to do that. But 
and whatever that, i suppose and then they had to do that crappy um gimmick that whatever he was doing before he finally they finally fixed him but then he had that heart problem thing yeah he's wearing a tennis skirt or a moo-moo or something i don't know what the fuck is going on with that yeah but uh yeah oh, uh the whole show you have overall thoughts so I mean, I didn't get to see the first match, but I kind of, um, you know, got the gist of it. Um, Raquel and Dakota Kai, there was a couple of flubs here and there, but it was a good match. Um, Walter and Elio, fucking 10 out of 10 for me. Um, the best two out of three was good. And then it ended, you know, okay with the main event. So I give it an 8 out of 10, the whole show. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have other thoughts because uh, I was able to intersperse them talking about the whole show, actually. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we got those two pay-per-views out of the way. We have one more left, and um, that's AEW's All Out, which I think is happening on the 5th. Oh, I thought we were going to review Extreme Rules. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have that next. So in about two weeks, I don't know if you want to do if we do that pay per view in both WWF Raw and Saturday Night, it would be another three three and a half hour show. So I think we're just gonna do all out next. Well, I might. I I need, I need to check our schedule because I actually think there's only a Raw left, so that might work. Okay. I, but I got, I'll let you know. All right. Well, either way, in about two weeks, we'll be back. Um, there will be wrestling talk. Uh, but they're most likely, definitely, we're going to be talking about all out because uh, the card's kind of getting a little good. It's not fully there yet, but it's, it's, it's good. Uh, especially with CM Punk and Dar- Darby Allen. I kind of want to see what's going on with that. Jericho uh, and MJF, if Jericho loses, he has to leave the company. Well, not leave the company. He doesn't wrestle. He, he 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 was smart about the promo because he was like, "If I lose, you know, I'm gonna go to commentary or whatever. I won't be wrestling." Oh, okay, I, I guess I didn't catch that. Yeah, so I think he's gonna lose. He's gonna go to the commentating table, and then eventually something's gonna bring him back, or maybe he just gets fat, more fat, and just stays on commentary. If you just want to be fat and be on commentary, do it, dude. You earned that right. Yep. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You know, I have to keep trying to keep up appearances. Yeah. But I, I think we're going to end the show here because it was a lengthy one. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, two, two, well, SummerSlam's always big. It's like this fucking extra, uh, like three and a half hour show. Um, which, I think it was longer. I think it was like five. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so if you want to catch more of getting some color, make sure you go to Spotify. Make sure you go to Apple Cod, Apple Cod Pass, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Amazon Music, Alexa, we're everywhere. Um, and also you can catch out a Big Trouble Little Podcast. Me and Zach uh, reviewed Demolition Man. Um, and also we had some wrestling talk there. If you want our CM Punk uh talk our full talk is over there we talk about adam cole and the warrior within carrying cross uh (laughs) but uh until next time everybody remember get some color bye